One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Well, hello dumpty dummers everywhere. Nicholas Barnes from Vitel here with a company that provides for absolutely no recompense at all the telephone number you can call in and leave a message on. I just wanted to share with you a new feature we've added. You can now use the same telephone number to record a dumpty dum for the beginning of the show. It's clever, it's cool, and all the hip kids are doing it. Simply call 02030313105 and follow the prompts. You'll hear my dulcet tones guiding you through the whole thing. And when it comes to record the dumpty dum, you'll hear it in your ear while you're singing, humming, instrumenting or well, however you're performing it yourself. It's that easy. Oh, and it can be anonymous too. Nobody has to know it's you. Go on, give it a try. 02030313105. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Dum-de-dum, the show about the reality docudrama that has centered on Amridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the spring barley that is Royfield Brown. And with me, I have the wet autumn that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Adam's workload, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dum-de-dum <laughs> is from Armia, who oh, actually calls us this week. Mm. She's a... Uh, she resides up in Newcastle land and uh, I think she just like decided to call in and let everybody know that yes, she was poorly sick, but she wasn't poorly slick, uh, slick, sick with the uh, contagion of the moment. I think she just had the sniffles, uh, which I've somewhat really just like blunted the whole point of her call by telling everybody what she's about to say. So forget I said that. And just only see if somebody would like to send us in the dum-de-dum. Uh, and be like Mia. Maybe get out their kazoo, their recorder, their oboe. But without the snot. Uh, yeah, snot for... No! 
I think with snot. If you are feeling poorly, you should personally just like dumdy dum through it. Like you're dumdy. Well, you're presenting this show, aren't you? Well, I suppose I'm technically presenting it. Yeah. You're presenting yeah, it. I'm just but like you're all feverish, <laughs> like you've got a dodgy button, throat and all sorts. But you've, yeah. just, you've, you've put the nation's interests before your own. People need us. No, not even the nation, the world. <laughs> We're all <laughs> locked down. Boyfield. Steady, not... Nurse, he's out of bed again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but if ever people needed a tonic. Yes. It's now. It is. It is. Absolutely. So we are the synatogen of the podcasting world. That's what we are. True that. If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Uh, thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, to Mike Hatton for his character counts, Shambridge for her voices and to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. Uh, Derek is very pleased to have been appointed to the committee of the newly formed Ambridge First Group, um, which is an offshoot of Britain First. Um, they've made him head of member services. Uh, they've only had one meeting so far, but they've already had to ask him if he could restrict himself to servicing his own member and not anyone else's <laughs> during meetings. <laughs> well done. Oh, do you remember, was it last week when I said I didn't get the gag about makeup sex? I've got it now. I woke up at a right start on Thursday. I went, yes. I, I get it. Right, good. That was a week later. Well done. <laughs> Proper right. delayed reaction was that. I kind of imagine mm. the inside of your head as like the magic roundabout, <laughs> just going round and round. With little animals wandering around, and yeah. <laughs> Hello, Lord. No, oh, no, that's the wrong show. <laughs> that's that's short and the wheelies. wheelies. Goodness. Hello, little lady. Yes. <laughs> that's one of my first ever memories watching Magic Roundabout. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Oh, and then there was the old man in South End on Sea with his cap, and he gave me a little pad for me to draw on. Oh. So 1972, remember that. Anyway, Aww. on this week's episode, we have views from Claire, Rosie, Andrew, Merlin, Drew, Christopher, Occasional Tony, Lippitude, Auntie Jean, Margot, Monty, Witherspoon, Claire, Vicky, Titian, Paul, bloody hell. <laughs> Be quicker to say who hasn't rung in. <laughs> there's 45,000 people. Most of you have rung in. Wow. And there's three, about three of you that haven't. Okay, really. I've drawn for breath. Paul, Dusty, Iris, and Mia. But first, folks, before all of that, it's our loose and a week in Ambridge. Ben Archer celebrated his birthday by running around the farmyard naked with a group of young farmers. Funny, isn't it, how groups of young men who are almost funny heterosexual cannot wait to get their kit off in front of each other young farmers <laughs> rugby clubs football supporters it's almost like no 
No. Anyway, he was celebrating as he'd been brought a horrible coloured car by Jill and Leonard. Horrible coloured cars should be compulsory for all teenagers, I feel. Your first car should be either poo brown, vivid mauve, or a sort of bile green. It is very difficult to look cool and show off, or flex, as the young people call it, if you are sat at the wheel of something that looks like a pile of horse shit. (laughs) Oh, how hilarious, said Freddie. You've got an awful car. That's really quite amusing. Look, Freddie, stop being patronising just because Ben's parents haven't got any money, apart from the half a million quid they've spunked up the wall on an architect-designed bar wedding venue that's now going to be unusable for a year because of bloody coronavirus grandma's done me a real solid said ben no ben you're driving around in something that looks like a real solid and good for you they decided to try it out and jill popped out pulling on her north face puffer and black air force ones (laughs) they wanted to trundle around the farm but jill insisted they sniffed glue on the bypass and then ram raided the shop on the journey ben announced that leonard had left a sponge in the boot a sponge what sponge cake bath sponge or maybe jill and leonard had been for a little joyride of their own and left jill's diaphragm in the back but the best news <laughs> is lindy bottoms back Yay! robert was ch- yes robert was chuntering onto lillian about breaking up with bobo which i've been singing to the tune of making plans for nigel apparently he met linda at a charity evening raising funds for distressed sri lankan woodlice or something <laughs> and she promptly invited him for a litter pick like an idiot he went and that was that Anyway, while he was reminiscing, Linda was frantically ringing bells, waving her arms and generally indicating that if he could just stop talking to Lillian for a minute, she'd quite like some water and a bit of attention now she was back from the dead. Mm. Astonishingly, the Gay Grable's health club is reopening. Really? That's breathtakingly fast. There's some new classes. Uh, Weight training with bits of the gas oven. (laughs) Hot carrying to a Zumba beat. And extreme social distancing from Philip Moss. <laughs> Oliver helped Ed with the lambs. I found out something new about myself, Oliver said. I don't like lambs. Also, I'm rubbish in a crisis and quite old. Oh, your time will come, Oliver. There'll be some sort of village emergency that can only be solved by someone in tweeds with a working knowledge of operatic Italian. <laughs> Talking of emergencies, Linda asked Lillian if she could have a squiz in her hand mirror. Lillian refers to her makeup bag, we found out, as her emergency repair kit. Mm. That's because it contains a pump, some WD-40 and a roll of double-sided sticky tape. Jazza <laughs> appears to be cracking up, mm-hmm. practising self-isolation in his little hydroponic den. He keeps inventing problems to make Adam come and find him, but Adam can't as he has so much to do. Mm. Incidentally, surely Adam took over from Brian, right? And the farm is now three times more automated than it was in Brian's day. Mm. Yes? So how on earth did Brian have the time to swan about in a cravat, rogering everyone that couldn't get away fast enough? If he ever said he was tired, it was only during spring, and that was more due to the fact that he got six women on a rotor in a lambing shed than anything else. (laughs) So was Brian a terrible farmer or is Adam? Something is going wrong somewhere. Mm. Brian would have got home and chased Jenny Darling round the hot water tap. Adam doesn't sound as if he could get his own morale up. Never mind anything else. (laughs) Anyway, someone needs to stage an intervention for Jazza, I think. I mean, when he was chatting away to the pigs and sharing his beer cans with them, that seemed relatively normal. But setting up a bunker in the corner of a fish tank is not normal. Mm. It's not even Roy normal. Ed and Emma have forgotten that they're getting divorced and it was all very cosy and do you remember this and do you remember that over at Ambridge View while Emma tried fruitlessly to scrub Ribena off the China leopards on either side of the fireplace. (laughs) Susan and Neil are, of course, in Lanzarote where Neil is doing the Macarena and Susan is doing the wine waiter. Hey! Krusty's not... (laughs) 
not having a great week, fair to say. There was an unfortunate incident involving her fiancé breaking the modern slavery laws and keeping people <laughs> economic prisoner. But, oh, it could happen to anyone, Philip. And then she had to become Roy's carer as he's lost his marbles entirely because he got banged on the head with some toast during the Gay Grables explosion and now has concussion, which had to be pointed out to him by Brian, who found him in the garden cleaning his slippers with an oven glove in the nude Hey. Ideally, the person who's organising the entertainment for your wedding should not be heavily concussed. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Roy seems to have picked something called the Edgley Exciter for Krusty's wedding. He's <laughs> under the impression that this is a DJ, but it sounds to me like something entirely different and Roy's got his websites muddled. Still, hang on to it though, Krusty. It might be handy uh-huh. once you get rid of your gangmaster fiancé. Could I make a plea, scriptwriters? I don't know if I'm speaking for anyone else here at all, but this is coming from the heart. Life is a sod. We get that. It's unfair. It's mean. And it's any success is down to luck. But could we pick on someone who wasn't crusty just for a change? Hooked up with Sausage Boy, jilted at the altar, best friend sent to prison, unexpected pregnancy, miscarriage, workplace explodes, and now due to marry an exploitative criminal. If I lived in Ambridge, I wouldn't get in a car with Krusty as the brake pipe would be sure to have been eaten through by rare Madagascan bullweevers. She's like the village Job. There are other be share it around a bit. Or have you put her through this uh, so that in the summer she maybe wins the lottery, begins a relationship with Rufus Sewell, wins the Nobel Prize for saving all of the nature and becomes bestie friends with Greta Thunberg and accidentally runs over Jennifer Aldridge because Jennifer doesn't hear her electric limousine coming. Any or all of those would do, scriptwriters, but please, no more crusty cruelty. It is too much. The end. Bravo. Well done. What did you think about that, about the crusty thing? That it's her again. What, what's her again, Lucy? I mean, I know you're still resting on your laurels because everyone in the world rang in to tell you that you were right and tweeted oh, you to tell oh, that you were right oh, oh, and messaged oh, you to oh, tell you that oh, you were right. Lucy, Lucy, take a listen yes, to this. Yes. Oh, no. Gavin, Philip and Kirsty. I've got a little bit of a theory about Philip. So Philip's got this business. Yeah. Which apparently does okay. He was going to do Jim's place at cost. <laughs> he had the time to do it. He didn't have to make any money from it. <laughs> and he's going to do the playground for Nout. And then Gavin basically says to Kirsty, Naff off, you're a gold digger. How do you know how much money my dad's got? Yeah. Now, to me, that says that he hasn't got his money through legal gains and that maybe his business is some kind of front. Philip's business? Yeah. No. (laughs) Yeah, loose. Bet me 20 quid. He's always doing... He's always... I I bet you 25. He's always doing jobs for free. I think you've confused betting and bartering, Whitefield. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not bartering, haggling. I mean, haggling. We're not haggling. I bet you twenty quid that Philip's business is absolutely honest. There's something up, though, Lucy. 
Philip was heard on the phone being nasty to somebody. One of his contractors, wasn't it? There you go. Now, he was being nasty to somebody, so there is a side to him. And then last week, he spoke to the builder who's doing Jimmy's place and then miraculously got them mm. to, to continue doing the work. There's <laughs> yeah. a side to our filth, that's all I'm saying. But, you get, but that's just being assertive, isn't it? He's, he is going to be able to talk to them like that because that's how you have to talk to builders if you're another he, builder. He corrected himself, though. When was it Kirsty that walked in on him and then he was like, Oh, yeah, mm, he, he brought it down a notch or two. If this is just ah, common or a real thing about Philip, haven't you? So we have a new <laughs> villain in Ambridge, Gavin. First, I'd like to say that I like Philip, he's a good chap and loves Kirsty. <laughs> can be a good chap who has done well in business and has a great amount of savings, enough to spend thirty to fifty thousand pounds on his self-involved son's wedding. And he can be a good chap who occasionally loses his temper. I know that I am. So I don't think there's anything suspect about yes, Philip. There is. Back to Gavin. <laughs> Based on his argument with Kirsty, that's it for today. With a spoon, you know I've got the deepest of respect for you. You are wise beyond words. You understand human behavior and the human psyche in ways and dimensions that I can only ever hope one day to obtain that level of knowledge. Well, I just won't because I won't put in the work. I won't go to, to university for, for five years and read all the books and go to all the lectures. You know, I'll do what I did when I went to Northbrook, which is gadfly around, look longingly at women all the time and get booted off after the second year. So props, you've put in the work and you've done it, but you're wrong. But it will come out. Every kind of plot point which Philip has been involved in is to do with money and is off-handness with business dealings. But it's been much more subtle than, let's say, a Matt Crawford. Another bit of evidence about him and the workers is that he obviously has a relationship with other building firms and then could get people who have down tools at gyms to go back to gyms. Saying that that's necessarily nefarious or he is some kind of gangster overlord in the building business, but there is something there. And then on Burns Night, his workers were invited to Linda's and he didn't extend the invitation to them. He didn't. He did. He they said they had busy up. lives and they couldn't come. That's what well, he how said do you know to that's Linda. Not, how do you know that's not because what really happened? Because it makes my theory more valid if right. he didn't extend the invitation to them. But you know, like John said, he didn't <laughs> agree with me that um, Philip was super evil. Yeah. Right. Now, super evil. That's really, that's, that's how you're pitching, Philip, is it? Super evil. If you remember back to when I come up with my theory that this is all about money, right? I did say maybe he's a dodgy businessman, but there is something about money. Now, what did Gavin say last week? Oh, there was a time when we were super broke. Hmm. Now... People can disagree with me all they want. I don't know what the source of the money is. I am right. I'm every week. I'm being proved even more righter than right, Lucy. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I am. My God, you're a monster, man. <laughs> every week, I am being proved righter than right. That's 
<laughs> if Trump tweeted that, they wouldn't bat an eyelid. Yeah. <laughs> and just think, oh God, he's been on the cough medicine again. I'm not ashamed of how we run things. We know we're doing those boys a favour. Of course we are. I also know, in a certain light to certain people, the way we run our gang could look very bad. They'll call them slaves. Don't ever use that word, Gavin. If you're not careful, you'll get both of us sent down. Uh, Lucy. (laughs) Roy Roy Field, I am... Please, that you are taking this with the same humility (laughs) (laughs) and good grace. Also, I've just tried to work out if I could PayPal you 25 quid now because I'd forgotten about the bet. Bloody hell. (laughs) My God, though, you even actually said some gangster boss, didn't you? Absolutely. Flaming Nora. Witherspoon, you've accidentally outed yourself as a gangbuster. <laughs> he said, "Well, he's a bit nasty, but he's and he, but he can sometimes uh, can sometimes be bad tempered, and so can I." So yes, but you're not. I don't think you're in the same league, actually, Witherspoon. Um, mm-hmm. But goodness me, yes, my God. Well, enjoy it because it won't happen again. <laughs> I think that the giveaway clue is that he's Welsh. All the Welsh people are just wrongs, aren't they? That's what it is. Really? Yeah. Well, no Kasha, Gavin, Phil. Okay. You, you yeah. put Pat to one side, but many people don't yeah. like her she's as forgotten well. She's Welsh, though, so that's all right. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling so smug. Everybody on Twitter <laughs> that says... Oh. You can't tell, though, Royf. I mean, you're keeping it so low-key. <laughs> <laughs> I edited that together, Lucy, with such a I was going to say, of- I can imagine the... Cackling with glee as you did it. <laughs> even I did. Pausing occasionally this. to punch the air and what? I'd even what? forgotten how right I'd got things. <laughs> <laughs> you surprised yourself with how brilliant you were. <laughs> and it really shouldn't have come as any surprise. But anyway, so I'm <laughs> properly smug. And yep. why don't we have a little bit of this and go into caller inners? Okay. Hello, Ambridge3962. I top of the shop, we got our Merlin over there in Glastonbury. Hello, everyone in Dumpty Dumland. This is Merlin speaking, still in New Jersey. Well, day seven of working from home, social isolation. Finally found toilet paper in the shops yesterday. Hooray! Our house is more zoned than the third man. And the family are wondering what to do with me because cabin fever is setting in, having normally a job that has me travelling most of the time. They're not used to me being around. The dog, definitely in shock from the number of work she's getting, especially when the teenager takes her out. So all a very weird world at the moment. But onto the archers. I'm getting a little fed up with the archers being unfair to the Welsh. They don't come out well at all. I think it's quite racist. And I definitely didn't need an image of a naked Freddy running around. So that was just cruel. But the storyline itself... I I can't decide. I'm definitely annoyed about the bull changing back to its original name. 
that was all a bit too easy, a bit too obvious coming up and really a bit trope. And I definitely don't want Kirsty going through yet more upset and trauma. That seems very unfair. They do pick on certain no. people. I do think that there are possibilities yep. with Linda recovering. That's the bit I'm most interested in, seeing how they take that forward. So, yeah, I'm a bit on the fence at the moment. We'll see how we go. Mm. Well, I'm just sat here feeling all properly smug and self-righteous. So why don't you just answer Merlin's call? I'll just press the buttons. Ah. <laughs> 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 well, no, I do think it... Well, obviously I think, because I just said it in the monologue as well, that uh, uh, that they're picking on Kirsty. It's like, can, 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 someone, can something happen to someone that isn't Kirsty? It's, you know, it just seems to be really unfair. Well, generally, bad stuff happens to Helen and Kirsty. She's not the only one who gets all, all, all the poop and none of the sunshine. Oh, I don't know. If you think about everything that's happened to Kirsty, mm. and none of it's been her fault. Yeah, but she hasn't had a, She's just been... she hasn't had a partner top himself. Mm. She hasn't run somebody no. over. She hasn't had, like three four years of coercive control she hasn't landed up in prison you know you could go on with helen no but her best friend did i mean she was incredibly yeah, but worried actually about helen for a long time you know so she was just she had tom it was she was jilted mm. she does seem to have a certain level of bad luck i'll give you that but i don't think <laughs> she's exclusive yeah. on on the bad luck charts is all i'm saying okay Mm. Mm, I don't know. I, I just, you know, she's so nice, Kirsty. I just want something to happen to someone else. <laughs> change. Well, I'm with you there, sister. Amen to that. Um, mm. So Merlin in uh, New Jersey forward slash Glastonbury. Thank you for that call. And I hope that um, you and your family have been able to uh, mud muddle along together. Um, how are you getting on in social isolation with your loved ones, Lucy? Um, I'm not with my loved ones. I'm with my family. Um, you did that gag uh, last week. You can't do it twice. I'm sorry. I should probably do it again next week just for <laughs> continuity. Um, the, uh, it's fine, actually. My sister's with us. Uh, oh, so she is she's the Freeman the I like. Yes. She's in the kitchen. Mm. I'm in the office at the end, the studio. Mm -hmm. And uh, Simon's at the front, mm -hmm. uh, in the, the, the room at the front. So, so we're sort of nicely spread out and we come together for meals and then crack on with our work. And the children are supposed to be working. But as I've said that, William is walloping a baseball around the garden. Um, so clearly not doing any work, but he knows that I'm recording so I can't stop him. So yeah. that's probably why. So is your sister with yes. you for the duration? Uh, yes, until until we're, she's allowed to move. We didn't realise it was going to be three weeks or whatever. I mean, it's I don't. Yeah, we'll just do whatever they they say. Really, mm. awesome. Well, uh, give mm. your sister my best, and I and will. Um, yeah, and also you can give her my number too. Okay, right. <laughs> another call, another call. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. Hope you're all staying safe and secure from the virus. We know, of course, why the virus hasn't struck Ambridge, and that is because of the social distancing that's been taking place recently because of the bat Ambridge. Um, so well done, Linda, for uh, pre preserving and protecting the rest of the village through uh, 
through your action. Mm. I know Royfield will be saying, oh. yes, I knew it all along. <laughs> I don't appreciate the um, the way they've changed Philip's character. I think it, it's another twist that's just been added. I know it has to happen because Kirsty can only find long-term happiness in the arms of Sausage Boy. But I actually quite liked Philip. I thought right from the start, he's been a decent community-minded chap. And I don't see him as a gang master. Anyway, stay safe, everyone. Speak to you soon. Bye. Tatty, bye. Bye. Mm. Should I go first, considering? Okay, right. Now, I did see some chatter on the Twitters. And it was worse to the effect of everybody saying, I really like Philip too. Okay, it's a little bit dull, but he seemed to be nice for our Kirsty. Did they all, always have this planned? And without asking Kerry, um, utterly, we, we just have no idea. You have no idea. But this storyline with him being... Um, some kind of gang master, modern slavery master, whatever the heck the the title is, goes all the way back to when he lost it with Tom, which was at least a year ago. The losing it with Tom was to show that he was incredibly protective of Kirsty, but more importantly than that, that he had a temper. We'd always said why is he even in this thing? He came with little and no fanfare and there seemed to be no point to him. So I suppose I'm now talking my way into thinking that this was the reason why he was brought into it full stop. To provide mm-hmm. some... Um, to provide Kirsty with a relationship with somebody who wasn't part of the village construct so they could paint a whole world around this new character. So as I say, the more I think about it and talk about it, they must have thought about this from the very start of bringing in Philip Moss. Mm -hmm. But the signposts were his flash of temper with Tom. And as I said, in the uh, really well edited um, six minutes and 29 seconds of me (laughs) just being right... All the ridicule that I've faced for the last two and a half months, right? Up your bums, everybody. I knew it. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) But no, I disagree with you, Andrew. It's not that it's been um, a change of character. They always, the scriptwriters always give us breadcrumb trails. It's just that this was spaced out over such a distance they sometimes give us massive red herrings, though, don't they? They do, they do. But the one thing which I really real- realised with with Philip, and then I've got to then play this forward for other characters, is everybody has an overarching narrative. And the thing that connected everything with Philip, with the exception of the anger, was money. It was money. Mm. And, and, that, and that was the thing. So it was like, he's nice, but he has a side money. And, 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 that, and that's the thing. So actually, it isn't a switcheroo in terms of his character. It's just that no, it's been not, hidden. Yeah. Oh, no, 
it's been yeah. slowly revealed. Sorry. Yeah. That, that's yeah. the thing. That's the thing, yeah. Andrew. So you know. But it was so beautifully done as well. The um, when they all said, you know, when he turned up to the meeting and Kenton was being a sarcastic twat, mm. and uh, you know they were sort of surprised to see him there, and he made that great speech about. I understand if it was if it was my friend that was being hurt, I wouldn't, um, uh, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't want to see me either. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then Lillian said, actually, I think he did really well. That was really brave of him. And Jolene was going, didn't he do well? And then him saying to Gavin, when he when Gavin said silly old bag about Linda being hurt. And he said, don't you say that. Da, 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 da. She's a woman and she's in pain. And she's she, da, da, da. And uh, so it wasn't just like the kind of ha, ha, ha. Yeah. I'm going to reveal myself as a evil git and I tricked you all. You know, and no doubt there's going to be a phenomenally painful scene where he says to Kirsty, but this doesn't change anything with us, does it? And she says, yes, it does. And he won't be able to see that it does because he genuinely seems to think that what he's doing is giving those lads a chance in his well, bizarre well, way of putting it. No. And I, and I don't know what the correct psychological term is. Uh, with a spoon, they'll have to call in next week and tell us. But the very fact that he says to Gavin, I know that other people... Yeah, we'll see yeah, this as wrong. We'll see this yeah. as wrong. Yeah. He knows that he's wrong. Yeah. He does. Yeah. But what he is, is um, not a complete, not a sociopath, but he's three quarters of the way there. He does have some level of social empathy. And actually, for me, when he gave that speech at the ball, it was so perfect. Yeah. I said, the man is a monster. It was so really? perfect. Yeah, it was utterly perfect. But then I must admit, I was then tripped up with what he said about Gavin, about Linda being, being hurt. Mm. But when he delivered mm. that, I went, yeah. That's just too perfect. Right. Okay. Mm. But it was nice to be vindicated and be proven right by the end of the oh. week. Hey. Yes, Roy. <laughs> Next caller in This is Christopher, the man with the voice. Hello, everybody. Um, it's Christopher here. Um, I hope you're all keeping well. Um, I felt I had to um, to call in to really defend the scriptwriters who got a real roasting on last week's show from both Royfield and some of the other caller inners. And a lot of that was justified. Um, but one of the suggestions was that they had run out of ideas and, and that that was the reason for this um, explosion storyline. But I think what subsequent developments have shown is that the explosion was merely a means to reveal the really big story, the really big development here, which is the Philip storyline uh, and that of, of slave labour and gang running. Um, and the one thing that I think it has given us is that um, we now have a real proper villain, um, which yeah. we haven't had for a while. Um, we nearly had it with Harold Jaston, but he was an invisible villain. He wasn't one that we had a chance to really hate before he was gone. Um, so, so we now have a living, breathing villain in in Ambridge, um, and that's something for us to get our teeth into. I, I really hope Linda's okay. I cannot share the the real sadness that a lot of people have, and that just comes from the fact that I am still quite young. 
to the show. Um, I don't have that same history with Linda that other people do. You know, maybe in 20 years' time, if, you know, um, Ben falls out of a hot air balloon and dies, then I will feel equally traumatised. But I don't have that same depth of love for Linda that a lot of people do. But having said that, I, I really hope that she's she's okay. It seems like she might make it out of it all right. Anyway, thank you for all that you do. Bye. Bye-bye, Christopher. I forget to listen to what Chris... I listen to Christopher's voice. I forget to listen to what Christopher is saying. <laughs> so then at the end of it goes, bye-bye, everybody. And I think, oh, shit. What is this? <laughs> no, I think... We have been on a we've been on a journey, Christopher, with uh, with Linda, and I'm not sure how long you've been listening, but she did. She st- she was a Joy Horville, I think. If you if you sort of want to sort of compare it with somebody, mm. she wasn't re- you can't you can't really compare it with Ben because Ben's hardwired into the village because he's an archer, but. You know, people have every region has its uh, what they call about incomers or blow-ins or oh, mm. there's a word for it in Cornwall as well. I've forgotten. Um, but and and Joy Horville is a blow-in, and so is uh, was Linda, possibly still is, depending on how long the probationary period is. You think? Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's still. It, it, th- there's that slight you get this slight bristling when people start to become too proprietorial about the village or want to change something or preserve something or get, and you think you haven't, uh, you don't live here. You don't, you know, we own this more than you do. It's quite interesting. The feeling is, I'm aware how ridiculous it is, but it is there nevertheless. And uh, that's where we are with Linda and where you maybe are with joy, but yeah, give it another couple of years and there'll be somebody that has that effect on you Mm. no there is that um sociological phenomenon of um somebody coming into a new village or neighborhood and then then they become more zealous of any Mm. change afterwards yeah and it's utterly noted because actually the when they move to the village or to the neighborhood or to the town whatever they see it as being perfect. That's the reason why they've moved there. So they can't countenance any change at all. Whereas people who have actually lived there all their life are actually much more relaxed about it. Yeah. Um, so And Linda is de- definitely, definitely, definitely uh, one of those. But I think as it's a stunning um, kind of analogy to make there, Freeman, that actually Joy Horville is the new Linda Snell. Mm. Because I, and I, I know all of us slightly older listeners... Um, but I hated Linda. Yeah, I did too. And I don't, just like, yeah. seriously, for yeah. 20 years, I'm like, yeah. oh, this who woman, does this? Please. Who does this woman think she is? It was when she was useful with Kate, when she was kind to Kate and helped her. That's mm. when I remember thinking, huh, actually, she's all right. And she didn't make yeah. a song and dance about it. She just quietly got on with it, mm. helped her, and then backed off again. And I thought, oh, yeah, that was my turning point. But but you know what though it isn't just uh, that she's a, a, a she was a blow in or is a blow in as you said depending on how long the the probationary period is because when Marjorie Andrebus came in she came in at round about the same time everybody loved her yeah her you know the the, the hound dog woman. woman the dog yeah. woman That's what Joe always yeah. called her yeah so but yes yes anyway Christopher. 
the man with the voice. Uh, thank you for your call. Call in more often. And uh, now let's... Oh, or just call Murphy. me. Call me, Christopher. That's fine. A <laughs> <laughs> number is 0799. <laughs> anyway, uh, now it's uh, my Vicky Cole. Hello, everyone. It's Vicky Cole here. I'm sorry I haven't called in for so long. Um, we were travelling and... Then I was volunteering at the little eye hospital where I volunteer in Sri Lanka on account of I do eyes, not teeth, Royfield. And then I got really behind and I didn't catch up. So I haven't called in for a long time, but I am now in these strange and difficult times. I've come back to the UK um, in case any of the family here need me for anything. But my husband and son have stayed in Sri Lanka and I don't know when I'll see them again. It's all very peculiar, isn't it? And when they started talking about the fact that maybe they might not record the archers, I mean, that's when it really kicked in about how serious this all is. I do hope everybody is safe and well and being sensible and looking after yourselves. Um, And thank goodness for the little ray of joy that is Dumpty Dum. It is such a highlight of the week. I love hearing you all. Um, You're so funny and wise and clever. I just love it. Um, could have done without the sadness of the archers last week, the doom and gloom of Linda in hospital. I'm glad she perked up quite quickly because that was just one thing too many. And now slaves. I know a lot of people have been suspicious about Philip for a long time, but I wasn't. I thought he was all right. And so now this is another illusion that has been shattered. That was all really. Just wanted to be in touch with you all. I'm in Sussex, if and when we're ever allowed to go out and about again. But in the meantime, thanks for everything. Oh, I wanted to say, I keep meaning to say this when I call and I forget. I do admire the way that Lucy manages to get loan of the back bedroom into one single syllable. It always makes me smile. Thank you all. You're doing a great job. Bye now. I hope, oh God, Vicky, I can't imagine what it's like to not know when you're going to see your husband and child again. That sounds awful. I hope you're all right. Um, Yes. Uh, I kind of feel a bit sorry for the scriptwriters because the week they picked to blow up Gay Grables and Shea Cambridge to its core was accidentally the week in which a global pandemic was announced. So it kind of put it all in the shade, really. Uh, it must have been quite annoying for them. Um, uh, yes, and we don't need to go on anymore about how right Royfield was and how wrong the rest of us were. Um, a lot of people have been saying, A, we had an email actually from Clive um, who said, um, I'm hoping you could provide me with a sat-nav location for the bull in Ambridge. I would like to go and stay there because it's obviously a virus-free zone and the bull's open. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Murdoch, a.k.a. Clive. Um, a lot of people have been saying that it's sort of divided. It seems to be quite, it's interesting, it seems to be quite a male-female divide on the Twitters. The men were mm. saying, this is stupid. Why haven't they talked about coronavirus? Why isn't everybody washing their hands? Why is everybody not isolating? Why is everyone trotting in and out to see Linda? And the women seemed to be saying, thank God there's somewhere I can go where there is no coronavirus and I can forget about it. But other people were going, it's quite weird because when, when they're all chatting away, chatting away together, you sort of feel, you sort of, one woman said that she felt like saying, get, get away from each other. <laughs> You're too close because we're all sort of hyper vigilant at the moment about this stuff. And it's quite weird to hear people just going on their day, going on about their daily lives without making any concessions. But I, I don't know how you feel, but I am glad that there's no coronavirus in Ambridge because I want to, I feel faintly as if I've been 
transplanted to another planet briefly. Um, mm. And I quite like the idea that my old planet is trundling on somewhere normally, you know, and everything's fine. So, mm. yeah. Well, first off is a public service broadcaster whose remit fundamentally is actually to inform and to educate. So we, we shouldn't forget that. And the the Archers was created as a, a means for the government to uh, deliver messages, key messages to yeah. the farming industry. That's the whole reason for it. Yeah. So with, with, with those two elements in mind, it would feel anomalous if at some point this wasn't shoehorned in somehow. However, but it wouldn't we all... be shoehorning, would it? It would have to be an entire rewrite of absolutely everything. Because you couldn't have any meetings. The bull would be shut. They couldn't have any committee meetings. They couldn't, they have the, the farming things are different. They couldn't, the, the bridge farm dairy wouldn't be open. All the shops you know, would be, you know, it, I, I, everything I, I, would be shut. Well, the shop would be open because it, because supermarkets, oh, yeah. groceries yeah. Are, are open. All right. So, so there's that. So Susan Carter would end up being the only person still employed. You know, in the whole of Ambridge. Um, this situation, which we're all living through, is so unprecedented that you can argue this both ways. It's so unprecedented, and you're, and you're right. You'd have to rip up literally every script that you might as well just pretend like it hasn't happened. But I refer you back to my first response which is public service broadcaster and the remit of this show initially up until the 1970s it it went that long 20 plus years after it was created was to deliver government messages and we know that uh, whether it's coercive control or whether it's uh, mental health that the script writers still have the ethos of this storyline is about a message. Here is a helpline afterwards. So it's an unenviable task because you put all that, mm. you weigh all that up and then you say that this situation with coronavirus is moving so fast that if they don't just uh, throw in, oh, there's this dreadful thing happening throughout the world. Let's wash that. your hands. Have you heard? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, that that they'll be held a hostage to fortune. Yeah. Right? That if they go and rewrite a whole load of scripts, then let's say if Donald Trump is right. Let's just say. Right? And in two weeks, it's all good. It's all fine. Let's, uh, you know, and then they're going, oh, my God, we've just got... And then, even when they've rewritten the scripts, yeah. how are they going to get the actors to yeah. Birmingham to deliver them? Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's fraught with um, for practical those people that, issues. For, for, mm. for those people that don't know, uh, because uh, it's been talked about on Twitter and things, but I don't know where else it's been. I think it's, it was in some of the papers. They're dropping, fra- because they, it's very difficult for them now to get all the cast together to uh, record. Um because of the moving about thing, um, 
and also it's not obviously not ideal to have lots of people all together in a very small room um uh they had dropping friday's um episode of the archers it'll be monday evening tuesday evening wednesday evening thursday evening nothing on friday and then obviously the omnibus will be shorter so uh yeah that's what they're doing at the moment and they're going to try to keep going like that but things might have to change depending on what else happens mm. or whether the restrictions or the guidelines change over the next couple of weeks because let's face it none of us know what's going on mm. i think as hard as it is there should be some reference to it there just has to be well it's either got to be there's either got to be no reference or a total rewrite it can't be gosh what with coronavirus and everything the hunt balls cancelled you know two <laughs> two people standing very close together chatting you know it's it can't be mm. No, you know, Philip wouldn't be able to, none of his, Philip wouldn't be able to work. Nobody would be able to do anything. Gay Grables would be shut. It's, you know. Well, we'll put it like this. Put it like this, Lucy. I think we're all sufficiently sophisticated that we can give them two months grace. Yeah. If this thing went on for six <laughs> months, yeah. they would have to address it. Yeah. But if it's two months, maximum three, and the world kind of goes back to normal, then I think we can all go, well, okay, you dodged a bullet there, that's fine. But anyhow, um, there is a lack of world travel, and we have the deepest recession since the since 1929 on our hands in six months' time, and, and we're still in the mire. They have to. They utterly have to. However they do it, I don't know, but they have to because the world will be such a different place. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's my Vicky call. Did you hear that she's over here without her hubby? I know. Get back, oh. Royfield. I should... <laughs> <laughs> Vicky, you need to erect some sort of uh, plastic plastic Why are you cones. About erections. No, Stop I it, said Lucy. she needs to erect some sort of barrier, plastic cones and barbed wire. It's not social exclusion. It's just to keep Royfield back. <laughs> Anyway, Vicky, uh, lovely to hear from you. Now let's have a touch of the Montys. Hello, you two. Monty here. Hello. Hope everyone's well and uh, getting through self-isolation or whatever you're having to do to get through this uh, current state of events. So on to this week's Archers. What a sting in the tail. So Kirsty has gone from sausage boy to slave master in her <laughs> suitors. And I have to say, uh, I didn't see that coming, but... I have never bought the relationship between her and Philip in the same way I don't buy Kate and Yakult. And really, the reason, I know others have said so, but for me, the reason is that whilst opposites can attract in terms of the sorts of things you're into, um, I think really uh, relationships only really blossom when two people have a similar or, if possible, identical world outlook and really have the same sorts of morality in terms of, and ethics in terms of mm. their, their politics and other things like that. So for me, Philip, being the sort of person he was, was, was never going to be someone that Kirsty would be interested in um, because her entire politics and ethics and, and activism is is actually such a part of who she is. She, for me, she would only go for someone of the same mm. nature. Yep. So 
she is, of course, going to be devastated when she discovers that uh, he's got some sort of uh, slave labour part of his operation going on. But I can't wait for the fallout. And uh, I think, you know, Royfield, you were correct in as much as he is a wrong And I didn't see that coming, but I do. I'm enjoying it. Take care, everyone. Speak soon. Bye. Bye. Ta-ra, Monty. We, we'd actually, we did say this at the very start when uh, Kirsty and Phil, Philip got together, didn't we? Because she's not up for the hunt. And, no, I you think know, that's why they hurriedly made Philip a bird watcher because they had to find something that would link the two of them together when they were so uh, diametrically opposed politically. Hmm. Why, I mean, wouldn't, uh, uh, why wouldn't Jimus have... Philip build his do his extension. It was because was it because he voted for Brexit or something? No, 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 no. And I he voted for something. No, 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 no. What it was, it was their view of history in the past. Though I'm going to get this slightly mangled. Like, like Philip said, words to the effect of the past is the past, and there's nothing to learn from it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was nothing to do with, I suppose, maybe there is some deep, deep, deep psychological insight into what Philip said there, right? But no, the the way that I just saw it, you know what, that actually must be. We're, we're missing a trick here. That it was, basi- it was basically what I said, that they were talking about the past and history. And of course, Jim is steeped in it and yeah. thinks... You, you you look back at Virgil yeah, and learn. Homer yeah, yeah, and all yeah, of that yeah. and and you you know and it reveals deep truths and you know and and you make sense of today and the future and Philip poo pooed that but I can't make that link between what was said then and Jim just going the man's a fucking ignoramus yeah 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 right yeah and how things have worked out however there is some form of a link because they never do. They never we would never have written that scene without it meaning something. Yeah, because at the time I thought this is really weird, but maybe that's why there was a mm. that was the reason. It wasn't at all because you know because again Philip said, "Oh, I'll, I can do it for cost." You know, yeah. I'm helping you yeah. out, mate. Yeah. Type of yeah. thing, and Jim didn't say the cheap, the quote was too cheap, but very he obvious said something like not uh, everything's about money, didn't he? Yes. Mm. But obviously, maybe maybe the link is not actually the reason why he didn't want him to do the job, but the fact that Jim goes and gets another building firm to do it, but actually it's still connected to Philip. Mm. That's the point. Mm. That's the point of it. Right. Yeah. Ah. Uh. Mm. Right, that was Monty. Now Can I quickly do uh, an email? Oh, okay then. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Uh, Richard Keeling, who is our Mm. keeper of the Dumpty Dates, but he does point out he apologises he hasn't done much Dumpty Dating recently, but it's because nobody appears to um, uh, have um, had a birthday or a death or an anniversary or anything in March. Nothing happens in Ambridge in March. So there we go. Anyway, uh, Daily said Royfield, after the truth has finally come out and we discovered Philip isn't as nice and clean cut as we were led to believe, I'm expecting a rather smug Royfield in this week's podcast. No, and not at all. Boy, have you got it, Richard. Anyway, I therefore wanted to get in touch and say I completely agree with Lucy, ha over the greatest hits of Linda Snell. 
I've only been listening a few years and I always thought of Linda as the snotty nose know-it-all who did the village panto. To be honest, she wasn't even in my top 10 of favourite characters. Then the greatest hits happened in the lead up to the explosion and I started to warm to her. This, along with the explosion, has now cemented her in my top five. Freddie's mm. Linda! Before the explosion, when she was trying to apologise, has also <laughs> bumped him up a few places as well. My plot prediction is that Philip will somehow make this all Gavin's fault. Gavin will go down and Philip will look innocent and no one will ever know what he's truly like. Ooh, I'm not sure about that. I think he's in it up to the chest. And um, <laughs> uh, we are going to find out. Everybody is going to know exactly what's, what's gone on because, uh, you know, it's, this is a hot issue for... It's actually a hot issue for the police at the moment. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't think his chances... I think his chances of getting away with it are remote and everything links back to him and the fact that Gavin is his son and not just a, you know, a co-worker is... Mm makes that link much much stronger and therefore the evidence much much stronger against him i must admit i wasn't aware that modern slavery um was a hot topic in the uk i knew that human trafficking was but i thought that was primarily sexual exploitation no, we're to, there's signs up saying if you think somebody is at because people are often used. I mean, it's oh, it's just awful. People are often used um, in car washes, and they say if you think somebody, you can check whether some. Mm. It's the thing to look out for is caravans on site where people have been told to to that they have you know so you end up with sort of um, four people sharing a caravan on the site of the place where they're working. They've had their passports taken away. They've had, um, they're told that they've got to work for nothing to pay back the money that whoever it was brought them over here that cost whoever it was brought them over here. Um, and yeah, they're absolutely slaves. There's no question of it. And uh, people at car washes, you're supposed to say, are you okay? Do you have your passport sort of thing? I mean, how the hell you're supposed to do that subtly? I've got no idea. Um, but I know people have, been in situations where someone said to them, can you help me? Because they're stuck. You know. Um, mm. So yeah, it's, a, it's an appalling, appalling thing. And at the, and, and at the bottom of lots of, if you look on um, company websites now, they've all got a statement about modern slavery at the bottom. But there's another thing. They're not necessarily people from other countries uh, because they can, they just, it's like any form of grooming whether it's, mm. you know, sexual grooming or terrorist grooming or whatever, you exploit the vulnerable, you reward them, you make them feel important and valuable, and then you get them and then you kind of give them no, you close off all their options. So it can quite often, it can be people who are vulnerable because they've either got a drug or alcohol problem, they're homeless, they're not very well educated and, and, you know, need help with things. And someone comes in and says, oh, I'll sort all that. I'll find you a dog job. I'll sort that all, all that out for you. Um, and yeah, a lot of the modern slavery busts most recently have been um, <clears throat> people who've been found working for families who were picked up off the streets and told, oh, we know we'll look after you and give you a home and a job. And then they're just treated as slaves. Mm. Again, I, I must admit, I, I didn't realise that this was such um, a topic of the moment. And the legislation 
around it when I did a little bit of research yesterday. It was it's only 2015. Mm. You know, you'd think that yeah. you know whatever statutes we had on the books from the 1830s would be sufficient, really. But yeah, obviously, with modern working practices, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, um, you know, just five years ago, did the government have to write new legislation because this is such a problem? But I'm, you know, utterly, utterly blown away by this. You you make a really interesting point, which uh, resonates with me. Um, do you remember um, my 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 brother, mm-hmm. my foster brother Mohammed, mm. and um, you know, <laughs> he's he's on the run, mm. you know. Mm. And so he went from having a proper job and he had to work um, washing cars in one Mm. of those dodgy car washing Mm -hmm. places. So, um, so yeah, he, not that I don't think he would say, and I don't think my family would say that he was somebody who worked in modern slavery, but definitely he had to go completely and utterly off the books and he Mm. was probably working alongside people who were Mm -hmm. totally exploited but because he had um a wider network i.e my mum and dad yeah he couldn't be completely dragged into that yeah world well i used to work um uh, just off great portland street in london and um which is a very busy, very smart, very, very smart area. And uh, just opposite Regent's Park. And when I was working there, there was a building, a couple of uh, streets across that collapsed. There was building work going on and it collapsed. Um, The scaffolding came down and brought half the building with it. And um, 10 uh, builders were very severely injured uh in there and one died i think and uh i was talking to the policeman who was outside um because they had to sort of keep an eye on the building overnight and i was on my way in and we stopped and had a chat and he said the trouble is we don't know who these people are because they're here illegally we've got no idea they did they had no insurance no building insurance no they had no insurance uh the bill the None of the paperwork was filled in about how many people were on site. So they didn't know if there were actually more people in there than they'd got out. Um, They were all living together in one room. Uh, I think it was 12 of them in one room. And um, yeah, they just had no, but not for nobody to know. And he said, we can't tell their families what's happened to them because they're too scared to tell us who they are. So, you know, it was the whole thing was just unbelievably awful terrible terrible they were paid in cash they were paid something like 15 quid a day something like that jesus yeah and this is in a really really posh Mm. area where any property developer and any builder should be able to afford to pay you know you pay your people properly and you look after them properly otherwise you shouldn't be doing that job but you know but just to i just thought to be injured in hospital and be too scared to tell people what your name is because you're frightened of the people that are running you, which means that your family don't know. You know, they didn't know how to find the family of the guy that died because they had no idea who he was. Hmm. No passport, no passport, no papers, no nothing. Aye, aye, aye. Food for thought. So I must admit, I did slightly uh, ridicule 
uh, this kind of modern slavery storyline first off. But yeah, I, I, as I said, I didn't realise it was such a pressing issue. Um, so we move from uh, Monty and we go to Tony, who occasionally calls in. <laughs> Hello there. It's occasional Tony, the occasional caller in. I've not had a real reason to phone in this week, except to say, um, Ryfield's been right a lot in the last few episodes. <laughs> I agree with him entirely. I don't like to have my answers messed up by having disasters. Um, and also, it appears he was very right about that Welsh builder, Philip. He is a, a wrong and did not see the slaves thing coming. Um, on Dear Linda, I may be on my own here, but I've never liked the character. I will see her as an entitled, opinionated Surreyite. Busy. <laughs> Just what she was doing when she burst into the building site that was the ultimate cause of the terrible accident. So I know I'm on my own, but that's the character. I also really don't like having characters being their actors. I actually believe in the characters and I have no interest in who plays them whenever. It's part of the suspension of my disbelief which makes The Archers so enjoyable and has done for a very long time. Thank you for the programme you do. Hope it carries on doing. Bye for now. Bye. There you go. There is an absolute example of the attitude that we have to Linda in that he refers to her as a Surreyite and she left Surrey 30 years mm. ago. <laughs> and he's still calling her, Tony's still calling her a Surreyite. But that's it. Mm. That is the absolute attitude British people have to blow-ins, definitely. Mm. <laughs> and he's true, though. Linda, Linda, that explosion happened because she was behaving in a very Linda-ish way by interfering in something that was absolutely nothing to do with her. She went into there to tell the builders to stop making a noise. And the gust of air caused by her opening the door was what lit the, ignited the, um, the petrol fumes. Mm. So it well, was Linda she's being a contributing Linda factor. That, yeah. She's a contributing factor. Yeah. It wasn't her fault. But, no, 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 I know. But it's just it's just interesting that it's Linda being Linda-ish. Anyone mm. else would have thought, oh, builders make a noise. Yeah, that's what they do. In fact, I think that's what mm. Freddie said to her, that she has to go waddling in there to go and tell everybody off. Mm. Yeah. True that. Um, us keeping on doing what we do, that's... Uh, that was a trigger for me, Lucy. I'm, I feel triggered. I feel triggered to say, oh, we're on YouTube, everybody. Oh, yes. why, don't you, why don't you go onto YouTube, type in uh, Lucy's Week in Ambridge, or even, uh, well, just type in Lucy's Week in Ambridge, and then you'll find uh, Lucy's Week in Ambridge, funnily enough, and her sat in front of a, a kind of like fireplace and with the penguins and with a picture of her loved ones behind her as she tells us about her week in Ambridge in, in a very kind of like animated way so uh, but what we do need you to do when you go onto YouTube is uh to subscribe and then also to hit that bell notification that because that tells you when we've got extra special new content on there and we've experimented by even putting up the whole podcast I tried that last week and I don't know, it's had a, a hundred plus views. Uh, so we're just going to put as much stuff on there as possible. But hopefully what it'll do is enhance your dum dum experience. Now, 
I've got a little bit of an idea and I forgot to say this to our Lucy uh, before we started uh, the podcast. So uh, this is as much news to Lucy as it is to you. <laughs> and maybe she'll say off mic, Royful, that's a terrible idea. Stop it. And, and if she says that, uh, well, then you won't have heard this because I've edited it out. But if you hear this, Lucy's gone. I think that's a decent idea. Now, um, Mia Fox who you will hear later on the show, um, has gone onto the, uh, onto the old Facebook and she's read out a chapter of a book. And I know many people are coalescing around social media and they're doing stuff. Hints and tips as how not to murder your family whilst you're <laughs> in self-isolation, uh, witty anecdotes about um, how to make toilet roll uh, multiply and not diminish, all this kind of stuff. It's all happening. And I thought to myself, maybe what we should do is every week just do a little show, which is dum-de-dum social distancing tips from dum-de-dummers. And what I'll do is I'll hoover up your videos and things which you put on social media. But as long as you're a dum-de-dummer, so I'm not going to go onto my Facebook and just do my random friends doing stuff. But I know I know that Yokel Bear um, is doing book reviews as well, specifically because we all need to socially distance, but we all need each other more than ever uh, in many other ways. So uh, if Lucy thinks that's a good idea, I'll just do that. We'll, we'll whack it out uh, once a week and it'll be a thing. So what you can then do, if you'd like to contribute to that, is send me your whatever and uh, to royfield at gmail.com and then I'll bung it on uh, the dum-de-dummers, social distancing, coronavirus, we're all in it together, here is something to help you through not murdering your family podcast. Uh, But it'll be on the dum-de-dum feed. So if Lucy thinks that's a good idea, we'll do that. If she doesn't, we won't, and you didn't hear this. I do, I do think it's a good idea. And also I want to say to people, Mm -hmm. because... uh, you know, I have depression and all that stuff. And uh, a lot of other people have anxiety and depression and stuff. And this is this is tricky for everybody, this situation. Um, but one of the problems with depression and anxiety is that it gives you a, a feeling of inadequacy that is very, very hard to shake off. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever you do, you feel it's not enough. I should be doing more. I should be doing it differently. If I did do it, it wasn't good enough. Blah 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 blah, and that kind of just chases you round. It's it's just a part of life. It's just you know you can't you don't feel like you can beat it. So you have to sort of make your peace with it and think yeah 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 whatever. You let it chunter on and don't you know let the thought go. Don't don't stop and listen to it. But this situation. The coronavirus has uh, almost set up a sort of nightmarish situation for people like that because every time you go on social media, you are bombarded with people who are saying, now is the perfect time to write my book. I'm going to cook 17 months worth of meals all in advance. I'm going to do this. Look, I'm homeschooling my children. One woman today, I went on Twitter she said, I've discovered this way of I'm letting my children listen, choose the music that we listen to. So we're doing 
we're doing uh, a lesson and then I'm, then they can pick a track and then we do another lesson and then I pick a track and we've, it's been going really well today. She sent that at 7.20 in the morning. I thought, why the hell are you making your children do schoolwork at 7.20 in the morning when mm. school doesn't even start until nine o'clock normally? So mm. what I was going to say is, I don't know if this is any use to anybody, don't, this is not a competition. This is not a coronavirus competition. This is not a quarantine competition. Just getting through it without losing your marbles is more than enough. Whether you get the, get the virus, whether you manage to avoid it, it's not, it doesn't mean you've won or lost. If you write a book, if it makes you happy, sit and watch TV, if it makes you happy. Boris saying we've all got to go out and go jog. I saw people jogging this morning that frankly looked they were jogging their way directly into a cardiac arrest because they clearly hadn't ever jogged before. <laughs> but because he's given them permission to do it, they're now like, right, 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 we've got to jog as well, we've got to jog as well. Just calm down. This is a very weird blip in a very long time on this earth and it's fine. You don't have to win it. You don't have to make it the most successful coronavirus quarantine ever. Get through it. Make yourself cups of tea. Read a book that makes you happy. You don't have to, don't keep tracking the news and, you know, count the cases and all that stuff. It won't change that much. It's, you know, once a day for the news is absolutely fine. Like in the old days when we only found out what was happening once in the morning and once in the evening, and that was fine. Um, you know, just be kind to yourself. You've got enough to do getting through this situation without having to turn it into some kind of achievement. You know, you, you just, just getting through it is an achievement. So mm. be content with that. That's what I think. Mm. Um, and then the only thing that I'd add is um, just to emphasise what what you said before is that there is massive anxiety around the the constant uh, tally of mortality or of uh, new cases of infection, and it doesn't do anybody's mental health any good to be doing that. To no. constantly be refreshing yeah. the page. And, oh, my God, there's another two. There's, yeah. an, there's another 10 in Italy. Um, that There are so many studies um, around about how news makes us depressed. And, it all, and what, one of the key things that the modern news cycle actually does is to increase anxiety and our separation actually from our neighbours and from other people in our community because we feel like we're constantly at siege because yeah. everything's terrible is at mm. our front door mm. and that couldn't yep. be further from the truth normally. Yeah. So with that in mind, uh, yes, we need to be informed, uh, but I, I think our Lucy's right and she generally she's right with, with, with many things, just not right with Philip Moss and his business practices. But apart God, from is that... there nothing that you can't drag in? Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> I'm picking you up, I says you're right normally. But um, it's a case of be informed, but um, let's not obsess. And, it's, and it sounds like such a weird thing to say, but... Uh, the wolves uh, are not at the door ready to rip your throat out and stuff. Keep your family safe, be informed, uh, 
but we cannot stress and worry over um, the percentage increase on an hourly basis of what this virus is, is doing uh, to people in in the countries uh, where we live and doing around the world, because otherwise, uh, that anxiety, our anxiety levels will will mean that we w- will not be able to actually get through this crisis. So, right, Tony, yeah. uh, thank you for that call. Thank you for agreeing with me, saying that I was wonderful, and I've been very right recently. And now, oh, it's a little bit of. I think she's a first time caller in. It's Lippitude. Oh, hello, it's Lippitude here, and I'm a first-time caller in I've always been put off calling, as my voice sounds like, Janet Street Porter. I'd just like mm-hmm. to say well done to Royfield, as he's always known Philip was a wrong one, but we'll really see now how ethical Kirsty really is, because we'll see whether she gives up her new breakfast bar. Well, that's all for me. Take care, <laughs> all done to Donners. Bye. <laughs> 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 I don't think I'd turn a um, blind eye to I feel somewhat master. churlish. <laughs> <laughs> I feel somewhat churlish if I was to pull up the fact, Lippitude, that you didn't go through all the gears. You didn't tell us where you live, what you do for a job, or what your Archer's Vintage is, considering that you agreed with me. So I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let it go and just also, this once. you don't sound remotely like Janet Street Porter, can uh, we just say as well? She did a bit. Spit. Sounded nothing like her. All right then. Did a bit. Anyway, Lippy Chew, thank you for calling in. <laughs> now, here's somebody else that should be eating some humble pie. It's with a spoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Millie Bell, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. I'm thinking of everyone everywhere and hope you're staying healthy and coping the best you can with our common crisis. Now, on to business. First, I'm very happy that Linda appears to be on the road to recovery, as she's one of my favorites. I did think this was Carol Boyd's great exit into retirement, as I read that she cares for her husband, who had a stroke 17 years ago. And I'm also impressed that despite her significant injuries, Linda is helping to mend fences between Robert and Oliver, both of whom have suffered great emotional trauma. Next, I must bow down to Royfield. I was among the (laughs) minority of listeners who felt that others had been too quick to criticize Philip, who I thought was a decent fellow and not a wrongin. Boy, was I wrong. Back to psychiatry (laughs) school I go. We'll see how deep his misdeeds and maltreatment of others go. I feel sorry for Kirsty, another wedding blown up at the last minute. She deserves better. Finally, yeah, yeah. worries about Roy. We may have found out what his diagnosis is by the time you hear this, but I think it's a subdural hematoma, basically a bleed between the layers that cushion the brain. Symptoms can take up to two weeks to occur, longer if it's a chronic bleed, and are many, but include headache, disorientation, and memory problems. Treatment can vary from drilling a hole in the skull and draining the bleed via a catheter to a craniotomy, 
If this is a subdural hematoma and is classified as an acute bleed, untreated, the mortality rate is very high. Oh no, what if Roy winds up the only fatality of the explosion? We'll know soon, and I'll talk about it then. Hmm. You know what? If Roy was to be the only fatality of the explosion, I'd actually be quite happy. Oh, I like Roy. I, no, I don't see the point of him, Luce. I really don't. I don't He's understand. He's a single man. That's the point of him. So that every time anyone new comes to the village, we can go, ooh, perhaps she'll do for Roy. <laughs> That's the point of him. <laughs> well, I don't know. I would say that three quarters of society's problems are caused by men. And then three yep. quarters of that three quarters are caused by single men because they can't bloody socialise with uh-huh. other human beings. And I know that isn't quite Roy Tucker, but I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you can sit down, do a Venn diagram and work out the meaning, the raison d'etre, the, yeah, of just about every character in, in The Archers, right? Ben, Ben Archer, just, just for one example, he is the forgotten younger sibling. That that that's exactly what Ben Archer is, right? Yeah. Freddie, right? The scion of the Pargeters, very much like his father, struggling to find his own way, etc., uh. etc. You, you you can sum everybody up. Roy Tucker, I can't figure it out, Lucy. Mm. Why is he there? Like, he's there for. I think he's literally just a hangover from the Tuckers being. A family mm. and a wider family. Like, he has no point. So that's the reason why last year when he had Lexi, it felt really odd. Because because there is no underlying narrative to Roy. He gets blown along with various mm. wider other storylines. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh. So blow I don't him want up, him to what die, I say. though. No. Well, not, what, <sighs> Give him, give him the head trauma and then his brains bleed out. You wouldn't miss him. You wouldn't miss him. Think about it. Every time that Roy Tucker, I'm being a little bit mean, I don't want the actor that plays him to be out of work. So this is nothing right. to do with the actor. All right. But every storyline with Roy, well, the actor I would, that plays him I would actually pub, say, feels slightly odd. Does he? You know more mm. about the actor than me. But I would say, bearing in mind that he's he loses his marriage because he has that affair with Elizabeth. If you, you look at the arc of the characters, for Elizabeth to have an affair four years after the death of her husband made sense. Forget who she had the affair with, put that to one side. Roy had much bigger consequences. Haley left him, but... The stakes seem to have been utterly zero for Roy. And it's because he doesn't have an overarching narrative. He was with Hayley. Describe Roy's relationship with Phoebe. Yeah. There you go. You have to think about it. You have to think about it. Utterly, utterly an appendix of a character. Cut Mm. him out, you wouldn't notice. You wouldn't notice. You get rid of Will Grundy, it changes the dynamic within the wider Grundy family. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right, you're right, you're right. 
Because mm. even if we got rid of Roy, uh, Phoebe would still be in the village because she's got, uh, you know, her grandparents there. Yeah. Um, she's basically an Aldridge. She's so involved she still in the rewilding. Has... Yeah. She's, yeah. 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 She's got Kate every now and again. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You're right again, Royfield. There we hey, go. I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. Let's see if Iris agrees with me that I was right and I am the font of all wisdom. Let's go, <laughs> Iris. Hello, Lucy and Royfield. This is Hello. Iris on a yoga mat speaking. I did a proper <laughs> warm up, so I'll be able to do this with my hat off. I'm bowing to you so deeply. My nose touches my shins. Ooh. Three two, one. I tell you this on behalf of the whole Dumpty Dum cosmos. Everyone is on. That bow is what you've earned and our deepest respect, keeping up your excellent work in these times. You're great, you're brave, and Royfield, be safe whilst returning wherever you're sent home to. Oh, Lucy, thank you. please never, ever be tasteful. We don't need taste. <laughs> we need you. Touching on the archers at last. I really feared Lindy Bottom was up for a new voice, like characters on visual dramas often have plastic surgery after bad accidents and return a different actor. Although Lindy sounds very weak still, I begin to hope for the return of the snail sneer. Then I have these questions for you. Should I know Gemma and Richard? Is it sufficient to just realize they're the village gossips? Lucy, you're the language person. Do people still say ta? I love that since my first exchange in Yorkshire as a teen, but I thought that was history. The grandies seem to commonly use it still. And is Roy up for dementia? A wish to the universe in the shape of a plot prediction as my last note. May Kate be my spiritual guide. The virus is never... <laughs> ever going to reach Umbridge. They live in a closed community, which is a preventive quarantine. Full stop. Mm. Um, I'm afraid my sound dropped out in the middle of that. What was she said? Something about in Yorkshire, somebody saying, was it Tatar or something? Tar. Basically. Oh, Tar um, for yeah. thank you. Yeah. Do people, real, do people still use it? Isn't yes. it old fashioned? Uh, no, they still use it, uh, and it was started off as a way of teaching babies to say thank you. So you'd give them something, and then you'd say ta to teach them to say thank you. It's basically to teach them that that was a cue for them to say something, that when you received something, you responded. Um, so, And people carried on saying it. It's, uh, it's working class speech. Mm. Yeah. And I, Gemma I... Hawkins lives on the estate, I think, and Richard Thwaite is married to Sabrina Thwaite, who live on, um, not Beach Thing, the other estate. What's it called? Beachwood? No, not Beachwood, because that's the new oh, one, isn't it? The, the other... one before that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I Whatever know what called. you mean. The, uh, the well, one before the, Beachwood. The rough one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sabrina is uh, known for being uh, quite seductive shall we say and uh richard is clearly uh the suggestion is that he's regularly cuckolded by uh sabrina um but we don't know much about him he's never spoken uh so the fact that we've had two 
two silence chatting away to each other in the shop is just hilarious. But anyway, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I will continue not being remotely tasteful, Iris. You can't really, can you? It's part of what? your shtick. Yes. Yeah. Smut. Yeah. Or as my mother used to say, Percy filth. That's kind <laughs> of the way you roll. Percy filth. It is. That's my other name, Percy filth. Right. So that's Germany. And uh, thank you, Deutschland. Uh, now we're going to say Alfida Sane to Deutschland and hello to Claire from Clapham. Hey, Dumpty Dum. Uh, it's Claire from Clapham here. Um, first of all, obviously, it's been kind of quite a week. So uh, we have an amazing community on Dumpty Dum. And I send my love to everyone out there. And let's all take care of ourselves and take care of our neighbours and take care of our friends and relatives and stay at home and wash our hands and all the things that we're supposed to do and look after each other. With all the doom and gloom, I just want to concentrate on two points of light in the arches this week. And the first was Ed and Emma. Please get back together. Yes. Um, I would really, really love to see that happen. And I can see that they both miss each other and it would be nice to think that... Um, that can happen in the next few months. That would give us something to be cheerful about. Uh, and the other one was um, Brian and Roy. Now, we've had some really good examples of good quality male friendships over the last couple of years with the Jim storyline and Jim and Jazza and Alistair. And it's been really positive to see. Um, and it's nice to see uh, Brian you know, join that group of good friends doing the right thing in an appropriate way on the whole. And, um, yeah, I just said, well done. It just goes to show that, you know, middle-aged men can look after each other if they made the effort. So uh, let's uh, hope that's an example for our times. Stay safe, everyone. Speak to you again soon. Bye. Bye-bye, Claire. Bye. That was Claire Clapham. It's a woman who I um, have an occasional fling with behind Lucy's back on a podcast called Map Corner. So if you like a map, and who doesn't like a map, why don't you check out mapcorner.space and you'll have uh, you'll listen to Claire being quite sensible and knowledgeable about all things and me just kind of bumble along in a very kind of royful bumble along way. So that's mapcorner.space. Love you lots, Claire. Uh, now let's go from my... Uh, occasional podcast host to my brother from another mother it's paul room hello it's paul room calling in i felt compelled to um it must have been a very dramatic week on the arches what with exploding hotels and modern slavery but the one thing i couldn't handle was friday's episode when adam used the word impracticable I must admit, it just really grated, and it, it maybe I'm a complete thicko, but um, I've never knowingly in my life heard anyone use this in conversation uh, with me anyway. Perhaps I live in a little funny bubble down here, but and I had to look it up. What's the difference between impracticable and impractical when he was talking about how difficult it would be for him, of course, to have any break or rest as he's so um, hardworking when he was talking with Jennifer, and it... it it felt to me strangely as if the arch was uh, is written by script writers and and isn't actually just conversations heard in passing in real life in this uh, village called Ambridge. And the other thing with with Adam that always gets me is he he reminds me of um, the late actor who 
uh, Andrew Hall, who played um, uh, one of the sons in uh, Carla Lane's Butterflies, the uh, old BBC uh, sitcom. They, they seem to look like each other, and he just sounds like each other with that sighing voice. And then coming up with the word impracticable, I uh, just dip my head in. I'm afraid it was all too much. Uh, <laughs> bye for now. Bye. <laughs> He was right. being an absolute knobend this week, Adam. He really was. What is the... Pro- if he can... I mean, can he cope or not? I mean, not being able to see your child eat or get sufficient sleep is not sustainable. And Adam seems to have been in this situation... Well, apart from the baby bit, well, even then he wasn't, he was always bloody knackered. You know, he's either not cut out for farming or he's really bad at it or his time management is appalling. You're not telling me that home farm or whatever it's called now um, can't afford to get in more staff because clearly the man is either useless at his job or incredibly overworked. But I've never known any, but not even David Archer moans about being as tired as Adam does all the time. It's ridiculous. Hmm. There's a lack of smart writing when it comes to Adam. Yeah, it's like his defining characteristic is a yawn. And that's, it's like bloody backwards or something. You you can't have a character (laughs) like that. He's, you know... He just makes you feel exhausted listening to him. Adam comes back from working in East Africa and he comes back a bundle of energy and new ideas first off. He comes out as being gay. He finds Ian. The background of his tenure back in the village has been increasing responsibility at home farm. Um, he has a relationship with his favourite aunt Lillian, which isn't really expanded upon. You know, we, we have these little flashes where she likes him, he likes her, they have a little bit of a laugh together. It's not expanded upon. Uh. Him, uh, He and Ian get married. They have a, there's the affair with Charlie they have a baby all the but way through it. But it doesn't sound like he has enjoyed one exactly. bit of it. Exactly what I was about to come on and say. And he's yawned through all of it and says, yeah. I'm really overworked, Brian. Yeah. All we've had is this one note conflict with Brian all the way through. Occasionally we've had um, with Matt, with Matt and Lillian, having their fallout um he got involved and was gonna threaten to punch matt on the nose and you went yeah there's a little bit more to Mm. adam but i think one of the problems is with the character of adam and i'll just say it is that the actor is delivering each line like he's on stage and I think it's his delivery as well as the lack of other storylines that flesh out Adam for us. We had the whole thing with Charlie and I didn't ever really believe that relationship because 
I don't understand Adam. I don't really, I don't really believe Adam and Ian, to be honest with you. And I know I said this many dum-de-dums ago, but think about it. Robert and Linda, we get the intimacy between them. Susan and Neil. Yeah. Even David and Ruth, think about it. There's enough little asides between the pair of them talking about their day and about the farm. And you go, OK, I'll get it. They're a couple. Um, Kenton and Jolene. Tell me about one little nice aside which Ian and Adam have ever had. Even when they went skinny well, dipping, been... it felt you... odd. Yeah, well, and all that business about the joke about we're going to call the, the baby after you and all that stuff. Everything feels slightly off with them because we don't believe in Adam, really, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. We and... believe in Ian. I believe that Ian loves Adam. I don't believe Adam loves Ian. I don't believe Adam loves anybody. And and actually, um, Adam has done... can't quite say he's done a 180, but... For somebody who came, who who worked in Africa on the land, I don't know if it was actually a farm, but it must have been a farm because how else could you work on the land? Mm. But for him to want to go and do that and then to come back and to be pro-Brexit says to me that whoever was writing, is writing the character of Adam, wasn't joining up very obvious dots. Mm. He's gay, so he's a social liberal. Well, no, that's wrong. You can't say because just because you're gay, you're a social liberal. I'm putting my 1970s political hat on. But somebody who is gay and has travelled, lived abroad and goes out clubbing to the gay village of Birmingham, there's a 99.9% chance that that person is a social liberal and wouldn't mm. voted to leave the European Union. Mm. I'm sorry, but that's just just, just fact, right? Either one of mm. those things on their own point in that direction. You are a massive social liberal, let alone you put all three of those things together. And, and I think we've had a failure of the writing of the character of, of Adam because we don't mm. believe any of his relationships and it's because and i think one of the reasons is and i really hesitate to say this but we are doing a fan podcast is that the delivery that the the, the actor has feels rather one note it's oh, i'm tired brian you know brian you know this is mm. always exasperated yeah and yeah it's all and you just go oh please Switch it up, go through the gears. And I'm sure the actor could maybe turn round and say, you know what, it's the, it's the lines I'm given. So I'm not saying it's all his fault, but there is, there is a yeah. breakdown here. And the very fact that he is going to inherit that farm. <laughs> no! <laughs> exactly. Think yeah. about Oh, Debbie how, will come back and kill him. Not hopefully. even just That'd the character arc. <laughs> it's not just the character arc of Brian, but it's the deafness of writing and delivery. Brian can have a scene with Joe Grundy, as he did last year before Joe died, and you are touched. 
Brian can have scenes with Jennifer and and you you can laugh. Brian can have scenes with David and Brian, the character of Brian, is always slightly deferred. He's the only person in the village that Brian listens to when it comes to farming and business is David Archer. Yeah. You know, yeah. Those three, yes. those three um, relationships that Brian has, right, you see breadth of acting, writing, uh, the, the, the complexity of social situations, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Even Brian with Phoebe. We've had Brian with his granddaughter, with him giving her yeah. advice. Yeah. What do we have with Adam? Oh, I'm so tired. Ian, I'm so tired. Oh, I hope that Brian never completely removes himself from home farm and lets Adam just run it by himself because, my God, we're in for a dreary time. We really are. Anyway, I feel quite strongly about it. <laughs> Do you feel purged uh, now, Roy? That was you. Now uh, we're going on to Dusty, who is, uh, as we all know, one of the stalwarts of the dum-de-dum community. And uh, I wonder what she's got to say about stuff. Over to you, Dusty. Hello, it's Dusty Substances, the wrong sort of listener here. Uh, first of all, can I wish all my lovely Dumpty Dum friends and those that listen quietly and we don't know quite so uh, obviously um, every health and, and safety uh, during the coming months. Uh, so, so worried about everybody, but uh, thinking and praying of everybody. Um, I just listened to Friday's episode, Royfield. You've played a blinder on that one. Hey. I was really, really hoping mm-hmm. that Philip was going to be <laughs> there for Kirsty to have a nice settled future with. And he's uh, her Roman. So uh, how sad is that? Um, I think otherwise it's rather lovely hearing um, Ambridge carrying on without the coronavirus. It's a little oasis of something I don't have to worry about. Um I'm sorry that we're not going to be meeting in April for the London drinks. I'm really sorry that the live podcast isn't going to happen. I've had my uh, notification from the King's Centre. But just imagine how exciting it's going to be when we do all get back together Mm. again. It will be lovely. So uh, that's it, really. Take care, darling people, and uh, speak to you soon. Take care, Dusty. And uh, also, we had an email about... Oh, I've lost it. Uh, there was going to be a Leeds meetup, and now there isn't, uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, so all meetups postponed and will be uh, rescheduled when all this nonsense is packed up. Mm. And then it will be amazing, and we will single-handedly keep every pub in Britain going. <laughs> That's a rather tall undertaking, Lucy. I, I don't I am, know if I can... I am ready for the challenge, Royfield. <laughs> well, that, that's you by yourself, missus. I can't yeah. stand behind you <laughs> with such a challenge. That no, would you defeat won't me. me. I mean, you'll be holding me up. You'll have to stand behind me. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's our Dusty somewhere in southwest London. Now we go over to the Garden State. It's Jersey and it's Margot. Good afternoon, Royfield, Lucy, and Dumpty Dummers all over the world. It's Margot from a now lockdown New Jersey. 
I'd like to start by telling Royfield and Lucy that indeed my name is pronounced with a T. I am named after my German grandmother, and not everybody ah. would pronounce it the way that she did, but my family has always pronounced it with a T. No worries on mispronouncing it. I am very used to it. <laughs> what a nice week it's been in Ambridge. Lindy Bottom is going to survive, but hopefully with her personality intact. And even better, the Be It Ambridge story is finally over with, which is really a gift to us all. Roy's forgetfulness is a major concern. As I'm not familiar with head injuries, I don't know where this could possibly go, but maybe his health issues will bring Lexi back to Ambridge. Now that we know that Gavin is to blame for the explosion, there must be some sort of investigation in the works that will now unveil the shystery things that Philip has been up to. Ed and Emma seem to be reminiscing a little bit more now with Gavin likely out of the picture for Emma. So maybe this is the reconciliation that so many of you have been looking for. I do hope that the coronavirus story gets left out of Ambridge. After this is all over, I would really hate to have to relive it again, hearing how the yeah. town copes. Although I do worry how this actual outbreak is going to affect how the show will be recorded and the health for the older actors. But I guess only time will tell. I hope you are all safe and sound. Oh, yes, I'm Thank safe. You. I'm also safe. That's another good reason, actually, not to go berserk at the moment and feel guilty that you're not, you know, redecorating the house or landscaping your garden. Because when all this shite is finished, there is going to be so much to do because we've all been on hold for this this period. So you're going to need all your energy for that. So don't burn yourself out now doing stupid things that you feel that you should do just because you feel like everyone else is doing things and you're not. Doesn't matter what they're doing. Get on with what you're doing. Do whatever makes you happy and try not to worry. Mm. Wise words. Wise words. Um, here's Mia. And generally, she's kind of, kind of quite... What, what, blah, blah. <laughs> and here's Mia. And generally, she's... Generally... <laughs> I'll just press the bloody button. Hi, Royfield, Lucy, and all our lovely Dumpty Dum family around the world. Hello. This is Mia in Newcastle phoning i'm completely 100 percent better thank you so much for Yay! your good wishes um felt a bit fake because i think it was just um a cough and a bit of a, a high temperature nothing coronavirusy. but um i'm all right now but i'm still in isolation till sunday mm. i just want to say thanks for everything that you do lucy love meeting you at the academic archers Aww. and you were brilliant there i know that these are uncertain times and I want everyone to be safe and well. I know that the Archer's production will stop or slow down or something. Um, it's important the cast and crew there uh, and the production team are all safe as well. I do hope that the podcast will continue in some form, regardless of whether or not the Archer's is broadcast. Um, I don't think you will ever realise just how much your pod keeps some of us sane each week we love it and we can just chit chat about archer's stuff from the past as well and speculate about the future yeah. Yeah. please take care love to you all stay safe and stay at home unless you're a key worker god bless you all bye bye we are going nowhere mia don't you worry about that well, we can't because Boris Johnson's got the country on lockdown. That's very true. We're not allowed to go anywhere, Mia, <laughs> even if we wanted to. But no, I mean, we're still going to do the podcast. And even if it it, it, it sort of ends up being me and Royford doing a selection of songs from the shows, that's what we'll do. But it will be fine. And we'll still be here. Mm. 
Mm. Seems to me, Lucy, that you and I are key workers. Yes. There you go. We've got to keep everyone's spirits up. So, <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> on that note, uh, Mia, I'm going to say... We're not going to let you down, love. Don't worry about it. And now let's go over to a touch of the Titians. I'm here walking the dog who says, hello, Lucy. And I won't remember everybody's names, but a particular big hello hello to Bernie, Alison, Auntie Jean and Dee Dee. Sorry, I'm a bit out of breath. I'm a bit fat. Never mind. Keep walking outside while we still can. Gosh, blimey, there's so much going on. I just thought I'd phone in and say hello. Oh, yes, hello to David, my colleague, who I hope I have recently converted, I think, on one of our daily um, 15-minute not-talking-about-the-virus webinars at work. We should try and get people to do a dum de dum Could be a bit embarrassing, but let's give it a go. Yay! There's so much going on. I don't know what to say. I want Ed and Emma to get back together. I want Kirsty and Roy to get together. There needs to be some love. Let's get Linda some um, plastic surgery and everything will be fine. (laughs) Very interested to hear about modern slavery. Yet another on topic. There's been some chatter about whether uh, whether the archers should cover the virus. I quite like the fact that it's not there at the moment, actually. Let's just stay away from it and have somewhere safe to hide six days a week. I'm waffling on. I'm going to go before the dog barks. I will phone in again. Catch you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Luce, it yeah. occurs to me, right, that folk that listen to this show, that, you know, week after week, so say how important it is to them, that mm. they've no excuse considering no one's doing a stitch of work unless you're a nurse or a doctor. I'm right? still you're not... working. Oh, OK. But you, you get my point. You get my yeah, point, yeah, yeah, Lucy. Yeah, yeah. Right. Everyone's at home. Everyone should be sending in dum de dums right now. Yes, I mean you've got nothing everyone. else to do. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, there's utterly no excuse. And then whilst I'm at it, I've got some good news, Lucy. Do you want to hear the good news? Yes. You know, we broke into the iTunes top 10 yes. on TV and film. Yes. And we got to about number nine. Yeah. Last week, I forgot to tell you, we got to number four. No, really? We really did. We really did. hell. So it was obviously um, a spike in downloads last week. Crikey. Yeah. Now Love Island is gone. It's not polluting the charts going numbers one, two, three, four, five. So we're at number four. So concerted push, everybody. Yes. This is what I need you to do. On Friday, if you haven't done this already, write a review on Apple iTunes. Now, if you only hear this podcast on Saturday or Sunday or Monday or even Tuesday of next week, do it then. But if you hear this before Friday, keep your powder dry, do it on Friday. I've got a sneaky feeling. I'm not going to say we can get to number one, but I think we can touch number two. If everyone just saves up their reviews until Friday. Can you imagine if millions of people tune in and all they hear is two hours of you going, I was right, I was right. (laughs) Well, they'll go, this is obviously the podcast I should be listening to because this man (laughs) understands how drama is written. 
and can deconstruct it and analyse it. And that's what yes. they'll say, Lucy. And they a would bit full be... of himself, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> that Royfield fella never shuts up. <laughs> I was right. I was right. It's <laughs> more people say that. But Lucy, right. you know yes. what? The ridicule that I've been I facing. I know. I know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, write a review. Can, hang on a minute, Claire. And, and yes, write a review. But to go back to what T- uh, Titian said... That's Claire and Titian that both said they want Ed and Emma to get back together again. Yeah, but everybody I do too. does. Everybody but does. Have they forgotten that they were getting divorced? Because literally a fortnight ago, mm. Emma said, I'm trapped. I can't, just before everything exploded. Um, mm. I can't go forward. I can't go backwards. I'm trapped. I'm living in make yeah. do something, something and land. Then what, and then the wind, boom. What <clears> happened? <throat> Ed had to come round and sort out the window and then she admitted to him last week, the kids calm down when he's there. It feels like, you know, the old days, yeah. so to speak. Blah, 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 blah. The, the, the only thing is, is that Ed, for whatever reason, you know, men not being able to read social situation, you know, to read read what somebody's really saying to yeah. them. Forget the words that comes out of their mouth. What are they actually saying? Ed can't read that, or maybe he can, but he can't find the words to say, Emma, I made a mistake as well. I don't know, right? It's beautifully torturous for us as the listeners. It's, it, it, we know the the motivation and the affection, the affection is a much better word, the affection that each party has for the other, and the fact that whatever was wrong with their relationship, there's much more right than wrong. We can see that, yeah. but they're in the middle yeah. of it, and yeah. they can't quite see. And but, but I don't understand what's happened within the space of a week, apart from the hotel exploding, to make her go from I want a divorce to getting all reminiscenty. It was Gavin, not that she fancied Gavin, but she said it was really nice just going out with somebody. It wasn't mm. a romantic thing. It was purely social, but he just happened to be of the, of the other sex, and he yeah. was fun. And she enjoyed that. And it made her think, do I need to move on? Maybe I do. Right. And she and really it was in her but brain. But then what changed? Because she re, she does rely on Ed for so many things. And because she does, it's almost invisible. Right. Mm. And because the other thing you got from that whole exchange last week Ed says, it's all right, I'll feed the kids. I'll put them in bed. Like, this is not Will Grundy. This no. is Ed Grundy. Like, Which way know... up does this child go? <laughs> exactly. Is that what I about to say? Right. This is someone Is that a boy who's... one or a girl one? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so he is a hands-on farmer. Farmer. A hands-on <laughs> father. Yes. <laughs> as much as he can be, considering he's pretty busy and stuff. And she has never said anything other than he's a good father. Yeah. But because he's a good father and a hands-on parent, understandably, day to day, you just take it for granted. They're going to take up the slack. Then that's taken away and you go, hmm, then that's when Mm. you appreciate somebody. Yeah. So it wasn't that she fancied Gavin or that Gavin fancied her, but, you know, she's in this holding pattern. She goes out with somebody who's fun and she says, maybe I am 
uh, trapped here. Trapped is complete the wrong word. Maybe I need to move on. There you go. Maybe Mm. I need to move on. She forgot the maybe bit when she said to Ed, she said, I need to move on. But really, it was maybe I need to move on. Yeah. Yeah. It still seems a bit of a leap to me. But anyway. No, it's not loose. It's not. It's not. Anyway, that's Titian. And that was some talk about um, you writing reviews. We really need those reviews. We want to get to number two. Number two in the iTunes charts would be awesome. Now it's Auntie Jean. Auntie Jean, I got beef with you, but we'll talk about that after your call. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Auntie Jean here. Um, I'm assuming that we're still going to get dumb to dumb since um, Royfield is five and a half thousand miles from Lucy. I think that is social distancing working just fine. Uh, I just wanted to say a few things. Please take the advice of your government in whichever you are country are you in don't think that it can't hit you i've just walked watched my 80 year old neighbor walk back having come back from the shops he won't take it seriously at all no. um, i'm getting a bit fed up with that to be honest <sighs> this is going to hit everybody and if you don't think it is think again in other news as it were coming to netflix soon we have a philip moss gangmaster a series i believe about uh, a certain gentleman in ambridge keeping people and using them as slaves oh Oh, what's Christy going to say? It's going to be dreadful, mm. isn't it? Poor Christy. Yeah. Anyway, I shall sign off now. Uh, and I hope to hear from all of you soon on the other side of this dreadful situation. Yes. Ta-ta for now. Mm. Bye-bye. Yes, do take it seriously. Auntie Jean has a husband who is extremely vulnerable to this uh, bug, well, to any, any um, uh, illnesses. And the fact that people... It seems, I don't know whether it's the elder community or what, but it's kind of like, oh, it's the Blitz spirit. No, you couldn't catch the Blitz. The Blitz spirit was getting out and carrying on. This is staying in and not carrying on. It's just the reverse. So if you're feeling a bit dad's army, go the other way. That's it. Uh, Yeah, good call there, R. Lucy. However, uh, Auntie Jean. (laughs) Here we go. Brace yourself, Auntie Jean. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to be pretty gentle because that is my modus operandi. I am pretty gentle, mostly. But yes. I was hurt, Auntie Jean. <laughs> I was upset and I felt somewhat <laughs> let down, right? For some two and a half months, I've been the lone voice in the wilderness saying, watch out for Philip Moss, watch out, watch out. And then... Right. Without even saying I've been proved right on Twitter, you took it upon yourself to tear tear me off a strip (laughs) for being right. (laughs) Saying you've only been right once in three years, Royfield. Wind your neck in. (laughs) I thought better of you, Auntie June. (laughs) It gave me a laugh, Auntie June. I don't care. Keep it up. You're my favourite auntie. Uh, <laughs> from Auntie Jean, we now go to Tokyo. It's Ooh. Drew. Hello, Dumpty Dum gang. This is Drew calling from Tokyo. I hadn't called in in a while, and to be honest, I was planning on calling in this week to say that I thought that everybody was being really unfair to Philip, both the <laughs> residents of Ambridge and the staff at Dumpty Dum Towers. Well, I guess I can't say that anymore, can I? <laughs> nope. So instead, what I'll say is that I hope that 
Philip ends up losing his home from, uh, you know, some sort of proceeds of crime law and that Ed and Emma can buy the home for cheap at the police auction. And uh, that's all I have to say about the archers. I have been on work from home for the past month or so, but I'm still allowed out of the house. And even at that, I'm slowly going crazy. So I don't, Mm. uh, you know, I hope that everybody out there who is locked in is uh, keeping themselves uh, well. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye, Drew. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Apart from poor Kirsty, because she'd be homeless. But wouldn't it be... No, then she could live with Roy. But wouldn't it be lovely, though? <laughs> wouldn't it? Don't you think? Mm. To have to have Ed and Emma in their beechwood house with their lovely breakfast bar, Ed. Um, no, it would. You know? And it the would. children running... What? Ed would. Uh, it would. It would. Yeah. It would. And... um. And uh, yes, it would just be perfect. That would be it, ideal, apart from Paul Kirsty. Perfect symmetry. Considering yeah. the fact that she knows that some of her best stuff which she bought for the house actually wasn't sold off. And that yeah, Ed, Ed still got it. Yeah, which is another reason yeah. why she's gone, mm, yeah. maybe this is the man for me. Mm, yeah. It was a lovely touch that was. Because yeah. we'd all forgotten about that. Yeah, and to, yeah. To, to pull that that little Easter egg just then, yeah, you know, was yeah. uh, a deft yes. move by the scriptwriters. Now, Lucy, yeah. I think yes. there's no think about it. This has been the the show with the by far the most quarter in a row. It's going to be an, an over two hour. You've missed epic. Rosie. No, I haven't finished. Oh, I'm about sorry. to say now we're doing the last oh, one. Sorry. It's our Rosie. Sorry. Hi there. It's- Rosie Porty calling in from a very quiet portobello in Scotland. The lovely thing about today's situation is how neighbours and communities are actively looking out for one another, especially the elderly and more vulnerable, and that's wonderful to see. On to the archers. Can I just say that I was completely right about Dodgy Phil? I knew there was something that didn't ring true about him and his finances. The fact that Jim definitely didn't want Philip to work on his extension speaks volumes. He obviously sensed there was something wrong with Philip and his business. I have to say, I didn't foresee that he would be a gangmaster with his with modern slavery as his means of making a profit, um, or that he would be potentially violent in the way that he has been towards his son. However, it's clear that the Beechwood House of Cards is going to fall very quickly. I only hope that Kirsty escapes unscathed from this pretty grim situation. I hope that everybody is okay out there in Dumpty Dum world. And thank you so much for the podcast and all that you do. Take care and stay safe. Bye-bye, Bye. Rosie. So she's the only person that was on your side, Royfield. Yes. That's the reason why she's my favourite caller in her. <laughs> Next Along to Vicky with Cole. Vicky Clark, Auntie Jean, <laughs> all the others. Vicky, Auntie Jean's nowhere near my, my favourite list. You just of, said she w. was your favourite auntie. Yeah. Yeah. But... In my hierarchy of favourite things, favourite aunties are way below favourite caller in There okay. you go. There you go. Right. right. So I, I don't believe we actually have any emails left because you've been uh, sprinkling them throughout we the have, show. We have. We have oh, one from right. Christine Bloody Armstrong who right. says, okay. mm-hmm. before we get onto the meaty stuff of Linda coming round and Philip engaging in modern slavery, I would just like to put in a positive word for Ben Archer. I thought the way he reacted to getting his car was brilliant. Just grateful and pleased to get it, despite the colour. Bit of a contrast to Entitled Freddy. But I still can't understand David and Ruth. 
As the parent of three children, I can't imagine not doing the same for all three. It should have been an absolute priority in their budget above spending thousands on a pie-in-the-sky scheme for hosting weddings. No wonder Josh got Toby to bring him home to the police station and Pip confided in Elizabeth rather than Ruth when she got pregnant. Stay safe and keep your distance, everyone. Christine. I completely agree, Christine. Could not agree more. Yes. He was lovely. He was so... He didn't give a toss what silly colour it was. He was just really glad he'd got one. And, you know, yeah, it was just really nice. What a nice boy. Lovely boy. Told you. Was it last week or the week before I said Ben is just nice? Yeah. Nice Ben. Yeah. Yes. Ben nice. Hmm. Right. Uh, (laughs) Now let's have an ad. Come back the other side. And it'll be Millie Bell and our social media roundup. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Good day, everyone. Well, one of the things I thought it was worth uh, talking about today, because, uh, of course, there was a follow-up after this, was we were wondering whether Roy's injuries or accident had possibly were possibly connected to his uh, memory loss. Um, I, I, I loved his comment of, um, uh, oh, no, you just start forgetting things when you're in your 40s. I'm thinking, oh, you have a long way to go, mate. <laughs> but... Um, Rob Williams said, I appreciate everybody's concern, but my takeaway from this was, what? Roy can't be in his 40s. (laughs) Uh, Melissa Williams said, well, whatever Roy has, so does the scriptwriter this week. Anyone catch Kenton saying at the bull meeting for GG that he was expecting Susan and Tracy to attend? Considering Susan was still out the country till the next day, that would be one hell of a challenge. I just took that as we don't, although people like to know each other's business in a small community, they don't always get it absolutely accurately right. So I, I must admit, I didn't say, think too much of that. My only thought was, oh, that's interesting. I thought Spain had shut down. But anyway, um, Richard Kenning said probably an unpopular sadistic opinion, but I hope it is something serious. I feel a bit cheated. There was a huge explosion and there wasn't a death. Would be great writing if it was Roy and it came out of nowhere. Richard! That's so rude. 
worthless. Um, Rosie McGlynn said, maybe he's just coming to terms with what happened and is suffering from delayed shock. Memory lapses are pretty common if someone has been through a physical or mentally traumatic event. Yes, you're absolutely right, Rosie. It could be something as simple as that. Um, and Victoria Littler said, concussion for sure with short-term memory loss. Ironically, my daughter got a concussion on March 9th, so I've been doing some research. She's okay, but the first three days were terrible. Well, that's very timely advice. I hope your daughter's okay now. Uh, we um, Obviously, there's been a lot more than uh, just Roy <laughs> uh, because we had the wonderful news um, that Lillian has decided she's going to return the name uh, to the bull. And we had a bit of a discussion about that. Um, Melissa Williams said no matter what the sign says, everyone is, we're still going to call it the bull. Even Lillian all this week. It was a folly and plot tool to Lindy's stories, which, of course, we know that Royfield said earlier. Hopefully, everything will return. Our lovely village will come back sans COVID-19. Uh, Linda Curtis also knew that they wouldn't change them with the bull, and she said that Emma and Ed must get back together and cheer us all up, please. Great advice, Linda. We're, we're definitely got our fingers crossed for that. Um, and... Sue Lee just said it was uh, a waste of chunks of our lives, pointless story, glad it stopped. Um, I must admit, I couldn't really understand it at all until uh, the Dumpty Dum last week when it was pointed out to us that this was about reminding us about the strengths of Linda and why we all love her. So then it did make sense to me. And uh, I also brought to our attention that did it feel odd to everyone that as borders worldwide were going into lockdown, Ambridge residents were still able to take uh, European mini breaks. It was actually kind of nice to hear the world being normal for 13 minutes. And that was exactly what I thought. I thought, oh my gosh, this is what normal life was like. Charlotte Yaga said, I really want the scriptwriters to move forwards without turning it into COVID-19 reality. I can't cope with the characters going into lockdown. I want to hear the gentlest of storylines, countryside noises and banter down the pub, pretending this isn't happening for at least 13 minutes a day. Charlotte, I agree, I think. I I think it would be odd that they weren't somehow involved with COVID-19, but I agree with you. Uh, even when we don't have COVID-19, that's what The Archers is for me. Um, Pat Reef um, Hanavan said, I veer between the momentary escape back into normal world and the weird con- contrast to current real life, but in some ways, the disaster that has happened in Ambridge and affected nearly all of the characters seems appropriate to the moment. Ah, pathetic fallacy, Pat. I like where you're heading. Um, Sarah Evans said, I'm very happy for the artist to remain in a parallel universe with no coronavirus. Just what I need. Um, Helen Cook said, it's really weird realising you are in a completely different time dimension to the archers. Feels like listening to what would, it, what would have been like if life had gone down a different fork, particularly with Linda being treated by the NHS, the wedding going ahead. The bull is still open, but no guests at Grey Gables or the B&B and staff wondering about their jobs. Right now, I am grateful for it, but soon I'll be wondering how Ambridge will catch up. In fact, can they catch up or will they continue in this other dimension? I must admit, my my sympathies have been with the, the uh, scriptwriters because this is going to be quite the thing they're going to have to unravel to make it parallel to what's happening in the real world. So good luck, Kerry and team. Good luck indeed. Um, and then, of course, we had that extraordinary, uh, extraordinary revelation on uh, your Friday night, my Saturday morning. Um, of course, many of us thought he was a wrong one. 
I've always thought he was wrong, and it was those phone calls um, that he took that I thought were um, the ones that would give it away. But I said, what would the clues give it away for you? Uh, Lynn Griffith said, I've distrusted Philip from his first appearances and that he always seems too good to be true and worming his way into people's confidences. Added to that, there is no way someone with Kirsty's love of nature would fall in love with a man who enjoys fox hunting, although that side of him seems to have fallen by the wayside. Added to that, the show of temper we all heard a few months ago, the lack of surprise at the mention of petrol, and the vile Gavin, of course. His apparent good works, the playground, for example, are clearly a smokescreen for his real activities, and Kirsty deserves far better. Now, Matthew Joseph uh, Burt has brought up a really interesting uh, issue. He said, uh, Natasha Welsh, Gavin Welsh, Philip Welsh, do the scriptwriters have a subconscious bias? And he said, Roy will have much to say about this development and I can't wait for an I told you so rant. Um, Stephen Bowden said, also Pat is Welsh and she isn't obviously a wrong one unless she turns out to have been the secret mastermind behind a very long running plot to take over Ambridge and turn it into a hotbed of crime. Um... And Lydon pointed out that it was interesting that several, several people commented on Black's lack of family and it was attributed to a scriptwriter failure and it turns out to be a key plot point. Yes, never, ever underestimate the scriptwriters, um, I would say. Um, Lisa Wallace said, I'm being thick, I think, as I can't work out what he's up to. Poor Kirsty, though. Don't worry, Lisa. You will catch up very, very soon, I'm sure of it. And Alex Russell said, wonder if the laptop in the wardrobe will turn out to be what takes them down. Maybe Kirsty uses it one day and finds what's on it. So, oh, wow, what a week. And while we're having quite the week in the real world, they had quite the week in Ambridge. So once again, thank you to all my wonderful people who got involved and actually did help distract um, from a week that's going to be very difficult for Victorians in Australia. It looks as though we're shutting our schools on Tuesday and we are all preparing for this without really knowing what's going to happen. So I thank you for all the people who've reached out. Stay nice to each other and uh, let's all keep our love of Ambridge true so that we have something to to, to concentrate on other than COVID-19. Stay safe and until I speak to you again. Hooroo. Thank you for that, Millie Bell. Thank you. All right. Look after that... yourselves over there, chaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luce, uh, let's uh, start to wind this show up. And um, you know what? Just before we go into mirror headlines, right, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to leave it to you to decide in the next five seconds what piece of music you'd like at the end of this week's show. Uh, we had a German theme for the last three weeks with Reef. And I got an email from Kraftwerk saying they'd like to put some of their uh, late 70s uh, <laughs> output on the show. Um, Did you really? And, I, and I, I said, I need to ask Lucy. So do you want to, do you want to go with Germany? Do you want to, is there, is there anything else you'd like to throw at the end of the show? It's up to you. Uh, you no, tell me, there's Mrs. A, there's a very, very apposite Noel Coward song, uh, which I'd like. Lucy. And I can't, what? Lucy. Noel Coward. Yeah. It's called There Are Bad Times Just Around the Corner. Does it have a house beat to it? Does it have a what now? Drum and bass. Dubstep. Of course, it's not. You do know who Noel Coward is, don't you? Yeah, he sounds like Nelson Gabriel. Y- yes. 
Um, anyway, it's called There Are Bad Times Just Around the Corner and it's very funny and we should play that. I thought it was going to be something done and released in the last at least 50 years. You know, no. Digging back me? into the... <laughs> I've got it. I can send it to All you right. on Spotify if you like. Uh, mm. I'll, I'll Do you want me to send it? it? If you must. It's very funny. Right. Anyway. So anyway, give us uh, mirror headlines. This is from... Mirror headlines. This is from the Argus. I don't know which Argus. It's not from the mirror. Fake dog poo warden on loose. <laughs> Make of that what you will. I don't know if the dog warden is fake or the dog poo is fake, but either way, <laughs> he's on the loose. Right, tweets of mm. the week. Little Kim. Now, please bear in mind, modern slavery is a very, very serious issue, but these are jokes. Don't take them seriously. Okay. Little Kim, I know Philip is proper evil and everything, but if I had just one bullet, I'd still aim for Pip. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> the ex-Duchess of Tooting. Krusty doesn't have much luck, does she? Nor many eye tests, I know. Uh, Matt, <laughs> counterintuitively, this Philip plotline is perfect escapism. I'm so concerned about Blake, I've stopped worrying about how I'll wipe my ass next week. <laughs> <laughs> the archers like her. In case anyone is feeling a bit depressed, just remember, we've not had a scene with Henry in a long time. There's always things to be grateful for if you look. <laughs> and... Tweet of the week. Oh, oh, let me cue this up. There we go. This is from Mel Parker. How many slaves does Philip own? Do they vacuum? Asking for a friend. <laughs> Hashtag the archers. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done to all concerned. Dumdum.com, uh, go there. It's got a shop. Oh, the other thing that you need to do, as well as writing a review if you haven't done one already. And remember, do it on Friday. Do it on Friday. If you hear this on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, do it then. But hold your fire until this week. Friday is go and tell a friend uh, to uh, download Dumpty Dum and or a loved one or even a family member. Uh, now, if they say they're not going to do it, just say, look, mush, just for this week. <laughs> subscribe so get hold of your husband your wife your partner your lover your neighbor's phone and just subscribe to dumdy dum tell them they can unsubscribe next week if, if that's what they want to do so grab someone's phone subscribe tell them to subscribe when you've told them to subscribe ask them to prove it by showing you the face of their phone with a subscription to Dumdy Dum. If they haven't done it, just go do it. <laughs> and we will get to number two in the iTunes Ooh. charts. And you'll feel good. I'll feel good. Lucy will feel good. It will make this whole corona fuckery a little bit more bearable. It's really important for the health of the nation and for Archers fans and for Dumdy Dummers to rally to the cause. There endeth 
my party political governmental broadcast from me, Royfield, on behalf of the Royfield and Lucy party. Now, dumdum.com, go, it's got a shop, it's got awesome things besides, and go, but oh God, actually, um, serious point about the dum dum shop. We Don't go have, there. it hasn't yeah. got things. <laughs> Actually, it has. Oh, we can't send anything either. Can yeah, we? exactly. Um, ah. There is um, there's a dumdy dumber who bought one of our spectacular black mugs, uh, which has dumdy dum written in white. It's actually my favourite dumdy dum mug, and I'm about to write them an email because the the manufacturer says uh, due to COVID nineteen, uh, they sent all the workers home. So uh, yeah. Don't order anything from dumdydum.com right now, folks, because you probably won't get it uh, for the time being. But you can still, go to dumdydum.com. It's got Lucy's Week in Ambridge. And, oh, well, and last week we actually put up, as an experiment, uh, Yokel Bear doing the social media roundup because he does things on YouTube. So we did that. And we had a wonderful dumdydum at the start. Did you see that, Lucy? Yes. Warm the cockles of my heart. And I have to big up our Flick listeners because actually uh, it was me putting out a shout on the Flick app saying, can somebody send us in not only a dum-de-dum, but a video dum-de-dum. And there was mother and son, uh, mother in a onesie, son looking all kind of cute on her knee, delivering that wonderful uh, dum-de-dum. So uh, here's a shout out, as well as just sending in a regular dum-de-dum, Please send us in a video dumpty dum and I'll just tell you where to send it to. It's quite simple. It's Royfield R O I for India F I E L D at Gmail dot com. Send us in. Shoot it on your phone. We don't need anything fancy. But I tell you what though, do us a favour when you send it in, turn your phone landscape not portrait. So not the way you normally hold your phone when you shoot the video. Turn it on its side because that's the format of TV and uh, record yourself with your family doing a dum-de-dum. Show us that you're in splendid isolation, a bit like British foreign policy in the late 19th century. And uh, and then send that to me via electronic mail and it will find its way onto uh, a bit of dum-de-dum TV. Can I just... Um... I, there's, they're, 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 these aren't really tweets of the week because they don't relate to the show this week, but I just thought they were brilliant. Uh, two tweets uh, from Andrew, one from Andrew Davidson, who, say, who started it off by saying, I've decided to help the BBC fill the COVID compromise schedules by coming up with ideas for the Archer spin-off shows. Mm. And he suggested, be the boss with Philip Moss, get well <laughs> with Linda Snell. <laughs> Make Dosh with Brian and Josh, Jack and Nori with Ben and Rory, and Barbara Williams replied, learn to, learn to toboggan with Carol Tregoran. I'd pay to watch that. <laughs> that was all manner of genius. Well done. Um, I've got a slight apology. I owe you a slight apology. Uh, Patreon listeners... Uh, for the fact that you haven't had any content from us uh, this year. And I did say last week that I would, or was it even the week before, that I'd give you Lucy's year in Ambridge. And uh, one thing and another, I haven't got round to doing it. I'm doing it this week. Hopefully by the time you hear this podcast, well, not quite by the time, but by Friday anyway, you will actually got um, a little bit of extra content 
which is our Lucy at the Academic Archers uh, after dinner speech, given us her year in Ambridge. So you should get that this week. There'll be utterly no excuses for me not to put that in your feeds if you are a Patreon supporter and you're saying what is a patreon supporter royfield patreon supporters are people that get extra content they pay two dollars per show to help to support the podcast and we reward them by three four five six seven times a year uh giving them extra content uh which only they can listen to not the uh, great unwashed, just the regular listeners of the podcast that can't be fussed uh, to put their hands in their wallets, in their purses to help us. But we know times are hard. So I say that somewhat tongue in cheek. So don't take me seriously on that. We love you <laughs> all, dum-de-dummers. You're all part of the family. So uh, that's patreon.com. Go there if you would like to get extra content and to support Lucy and I's efforts. Now, this show uh came out of twitter out of social media there was a meeting of minds there was lucy and a comic genius and me with the fact that i know how to press buttons we got together on twitter <laughs> and we said let's create a podcast and we did and we met each other at the south bank i was there looking at lucy she was there looking at me going oh i don't like the, the look of him but i'll <laughs> give this a go here we are six years later still podcasting together it's been a marriage made in heaven. So if you go onto Twitter and you type in Dumpty Dum, you get Yokel Bear being Dumpty Dum. If you type in at Royfield, you get Royfield. That's me. Sometimes and doing you, stuff. Hmm? And if you type in at Lucy V. Freeman, you get me. Yeah. It's awesome. Whether like you want that. me or not. But you know what, Lucy? I've skipped ahead. So yes. I'm going to go back, unless you want to do it, unless you're at that point. Uh, remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website, or you can call 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message. Mm. And of course, folks, there is Facebook. I don't know what to tell you about Facebook. If you've never heard of it, where have you been? It's like <laughs> the biggest social media platform out there. It's got approximately 2 billion of the world's inhabitants on there sharing pictures of cats and uh, funny things that their grandfather said, all pictures of them at school, all manner of stuff you can find there on Facebook and some right-wing political views as well. But let's put that to one side just for now. You can also find Dum-de-Dum on Facebook. If you go onto Facebook, type in Dum-de-Dum, guess what you'll get? Dum-de-Dum on Facebook. And uh, Millie Bell with a spoon and the yokels they're kind of on there too and they kind of help you through the whole experience and you can just like hang out there and chat about mungo and the bull and stuff to do with the thing that we love more than life itself which is the archers that's dum de dum on facebook <sighs> so that's it folks it's a show when I've been vindicated, I've been oh, proven God. right. It's the reason why you tune in, because just like these people call themselves experts, but they never, ever, ever have a plot prediction which is proven right. But oh no, sir, Bob, this is the reason why you tune in every week for me to be proven right. To listen after to the middle-aged man gloating. Saying, oh, That's why you tune in. 
closing. Lucy, I'm just stating facts. I went through old recordings of this show. You laughed at me. Witherspoon laughed at me. John the caller laughed at me. Everybody's like, oh, what are you talking about? Proven right. Boom, everybody. In your face. (laughs) Ah, Normal service will be resumed as soon as possible, listeners. It'll be wrong about something next week and then it'll be fine. (laughs) Are we going to play a bit of Noel Coward now? Yes. Bye-bye, everybody. Take care. Oh, and don't forget, just before the Noel Coward comes in, um, send me your bits of audio to royford at gmail.com and we'll do the social distancing coronavirus won't stop us being a community of people looking out for each other podcast but out of sorts in Sunderland and terribly cross in Kent they're dull in Hull and the Isle of Man is seething with discontent they're nervous in Northumberland and Devon is down the drain they're filled with wrath on the Perth, the Fourth and Southern on Salisbury Plain in Dublin they're depressed lads maybe because they're Celts for Drake is going West lads, and so is everyone else. Hooray, hooray, hooray! Misery's on the way. There are bad times just around the corner. There are dark clouds hurtling through the sky, and it's no good whining about a silver lining, for we know from experience that they won't roll by with the skull and the frown. We'll keep our peckers down and prepare for depression and doom and dread. We're going to unpack our troubles from our old kit bag and wait until we drop down dead. There are bad times just around the corner. The horizon's gloomy as can be. There are blackbirds over, the greyish cliffs of Dover, and the rats are preparing to leave the BBC. We're an unhappy breed and very bored indeed when reminded of something that Nelson said. And while the press and the politicians nag, 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 we'll wait until we drop down dead. From Colwyn Bay to Kettering, they're sobbing themselves to sleep. The shrieks and wails in the Yorkshire Dales have even depressed the sheep. In rather vulgar lettering, a very disgruntled group have posted bills on the Cotswold Hills to prove that we're in the soup. While begging Kipling's pardon, there's one thing we know for sure. If England is a garden, we ought to have more manure. Hooray, 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 suffering and dismay. There are bad times just around the corner. And the outlook's absolutely vile. There are home fires smoking from Windermere to Woking and we're not going to tighten our belts and smile, smile, smile at the sound of the shot. We just as soon as not to take a hot toward the bottle and go to bed. We're going to untense our muscles till they sag, sag, sag and wait until we drop down dead. There are bad times just around the corner. We can all look forward to despair. It's as clear as crystal from Bridlington to Bristol that we can't save democracy and we don't much care if the reds and the pinks believe that England stinks and that world revolution is bound to spread. We'd better all learn the lyrics of the old red flag and wait until we drop down dead. I like the story, let them hope 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.